1: Hello, my fellow Westorians. Welcome back. It's Monday. It's Halloween as we're recording. I don't know if we've ever streamed on Halloween before, which is kind of a a double whammy of a realization. Either I my memory is really shot, or we've been doing this so long that I couldn't possibly remember...
0: <laughs> one of you.
1: oh, let's go with that one. That one's friendlier to me, so we'll go with that one. Yeah, we've just been doing so much. That Usually, you possibly... scream
2: on Halloween, not What's, stream. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there was there
1: was a series of movies though, right? Stream, stream two, stream <laughs> three with the mask and the yeah, that was that's what <laughs> they were Dream called. War. Yeah, it had Drew you Barrymore streamed... in that first movie. <laughs> yeah, Streaming wars comes out. <laughs> So, no spoilers as usual for Sean Sodes, as we surely should have been calling them all along. But yeah, <laughs> we're going to review season 1 without spoilers. And then next week we're going to review season 1 with spoilers, which means we'll be looking ahead because if we weren't looking ahead, I don't know how we would spoil anything at all. So, uh cuz we've we're only, we otherwise would only be reviewing what we've already seen. And that'll be with with our guests learned hands, our good friends over there. This week we have some friends who I just saw in person less than 48 hours ago. Our good friends, Game of Owns. It looks like y'all are in Washington. We hung out in New York City, but you've all, you're, you all are on the move as well. We're all very mobile these last few few hours or a few days, huh? Yeah, we have cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, great to have you guys here. Welcome.
0: Thanks for having us. Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we hung out 48 hours ago. That like kind of broke my brain a little bit. That is? That is that's how long uh, ago.
3: It was. I say, you're coming back up to New York next week, right?
2: Yeah, tomorrow I'm coming here. Uh, well, I, technically, I'm not oh going God. to New York. I'm going to New Jersey, D.C., and Baltimore. But I'm going to a different George R. R. Martin event with Kevin Smith.
1: Yeah, so we saw George R. Martin and Neil Gaiman in New York City, and that was really fun. Shout out to some other folks we saw, uh, Julie A., Gregor the Toasty, Lord of the Breadfort, uh, Senior, and f- <laughs> lots of fellow podcasters and friends like yeah. Yoke Boy from from uh, Radio Westeros, both of Girls Gone Canon, Emmett Booth of... Uh, not a cast: Stephen Atwell of *Race for the Iron Throne*, Haley Bowery of *The Manimals*. Did I forget anybody? There's a lot. There's a lot of people who came up and said, "Hey," whose names My I don't recall. What's <laughs> that?
2: His dog. dog your dog.
1: Probably still on your clothes. Strike. Him out. Yeah. Shout out to Strike. What a good doggo. <laughs> so, if you came up and said hello to us at the event, appreciate that. I, I can't possibly remember all the names, but it was a good time. Neil and George have. Good chemistry. They know each other. They're kind of a rare pair in that they're successful writers, very successful writers who've had shows adapted to TV and puts them in sort of uh, obscure company. Not a lot of people can say they've done that. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Now, a lot of us are going to Game of Thrones Con, the Got Con by Creation Entertainment in L.A. in December. So we hope to see some of you all there as well. And uh, yeah, so the, things are happening. There's some conventions. We got to continue to be safe and avoid COVID, but we also, uh, we've made a commitment on History of Westeros to go to as many events as we can, to cover them, and to stay close to uh, the center of the action. And uh, well, it, it's paid off, I think. It's gone yeah. well. <laughs> I guess it's
2: worth saying that while we're in LA in December for the GotCon, even if you don't um, plan on going to the convention, I think we should. Plan on something outside of the convention, some sort of hangout. So, you know, if you're in the LA, San Diego area, hit us up.
1: Yeah. With that.
4: And I'll be there for that one. I just want to. Yeah. And, and are
1: you two determining maybe if you can go to that one? Is that maybe a possibility for Game of Owns to, to make that one?
0: We were talking. I mean, we were not planning on going. And then you were talking about it while we were together in New York. And we're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we <laughs> should go. So yeah
4: and now i have tipped the scale
0: <laughs> exactly. so like, i'm going I'm like okay i'm in <laughs> She always
4: uses you at a, as a bargaining
3: chip like, <laughs> she's like sean is going it's like, well, you okay, know that yeah. you do that too on the show while we're live yeah I'm, I'm
2: like sean watches it sean likes it I, I might mean i might mean nothing to you but i know you value sean <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> so y'all's last episode was recorded on Friday with myself and Boy as guests. So check that out. It's a wrap of the season as well. Different approach than what we will be doing today. So you'll want to catch that. Also, if you haven't already caught it, well, we all have our own microphones
3: today. That's <laughs> one of the main. <laughs> <laughs> so when great on that episode.
1: When y'all are finished with this one, go check that one out. You know, keep the keep the fun going. Keep the wrap up energy flowing for a couple more hours you all can ask questions you have the benefit of five different possible answers there's five of us here today and it has me thinking one question i want y'all to be thinking about out there especially in light of the finale but also other events that have happened with with dragons both in show and books what are some other times throughout history that a human was credited or blamed from an act for an action that may have been a dragon taking control or maybe the dragon was actually the driving force there. Amund gives us a, an example of something that maybe happened in other cases that history would have lost that nuance because well there weren't witnesses, there weren't TV cameras pointed at their face to see that nuanced facial (laughs) reaction, things like that. So I'd love to hear y'all weigh in on that, as well as any other questions you have for the the roundtable here. We've got a bunch of questions prepared. It should be a lot of fun. Remember, though, no spoilers. General rule, if it happened prior to 129 AC in Fire and Blood... It's not a spoiler. We're well, luckily we can carve a line just like that, or draw a line just like that.
3: As a product of doing it this long, man, we have to have centuries. <laughs> we have an AC.
1: Yeah, we have that, and we just and the adapt- adaptation is smooth enough that we can kind of just uh, we don't have to draw a crooked line. We're like, all right, right there, you can be pretty sure. <laughs> so we'll start by talking about our favorites, and then we'll get a little deeper. the The analysis will will get a little thicker as we go on. We'll most we'll start off talking about what we like, and then get into tougher questions but i just want to express that it's kind of amazing that it's been less than four years since fire and blood was released november 20th 2018 is when it came out so very close to four years we're only 20 days short of that but not only has it already been adapted but it's season one's already the book well not the whole thing obviously not the entirety of 900 pages of fire and blood were adapted but still, that's pretty wild when you think about it. Like that's fast, <laughs> right? We had COVID during that too. I mean, that didn't exactly speed things up. <laughs> so let me just leave you with that to start off with. Ooh, wow! Any any reactions to that? Do y'all anything? Any any all have a take in response to having that math put forward?
4: No, not to be too contrary, as but COVID might have accelerated it. There might be, hmm. almost certainly, there's a greater demand for media content now than there was before. You might you know? be right.
1: It might be harder to make, but there might be more demand for it. That's true. My little, a little yeah. push and a little pull both ways. Huh. That's a good point. Good point. So we have been all season long taking our polls for the actors and who we thought was the best or who we just thought stood out that episode Someone we wanted to highlight. And the Facebook polls, you were allowed to vote more than once. So I compiled them all. First of all, last week's because y'all didn't get to see them because we put the poll up after the review. So y'all haven't heard the results yet. It was Emma Darcy got 50%. They took it down. That's the third high score anyone's gotten behind Millie Alcock. Same character. 53% for week two. And, of course, Patty Considine week eight got 67%, which was easily the most. Matt Smith got second percent. Second. Place was 17%. <laughs> Eve Best and Ewan Mitchell were tied for third place with 8%. So, looking back on that, check this out, y'all. Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook were only in four episodes each, right? Because episode nine and 10, they were each only in one of them. Emma Darcy won twice and got third place once. Olivia Cook won twice and got third place once in four episodes. So they won all four <laughs> of the episodes they were in and got third and two of the others. They really crushed it. That's amazing. Uh Patty Considine in his eight episodes got first, first, third, third, and third. So he really did well, too. <laughs> and of course, he got that highest score possible. Matt Smith never won. But he got second four times <laughs> and third once, which is pretty impressive. Second son energy. Hey, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Great point. Wow, man, that's a good call. <laughs> I really should have noticed that. Emily Carey was in five episodes. She got a first and a second. Millie Alcock was in five episodes. She got two firsts, a second, and a third. So that's also very impressive. Great job by the cast. We did Emily Carey. Get a first. She got a first for episode five for the green when she comes in, like with her, mm-hmm. when she comes in and becomes the yeah. boss and saves Kristen. The and, yeah, yes. the wedding. The wedding that wasn't supposed to be a wedding. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's when she got first. Yeah. Olivia, uh, Olivia or rather, um, Millie Alcock won weeks two and four. Now, the only time a one-off actor got first place was Sian Brooke in week one for her performance as Emma Aaron no one's surprised to hear that one I think (laughs) Leo Ashton's 26% was the second highest for someone who was only in a couple episodes he was technically in two episodes Nana Blondell was only in one episode she got second place with a 13% that was really strong Tom Glenn Carney got that one third place for 10% he's only been in uh, two episodes and Fabian Frankel. Has been in a lot of episodes. He, he got a 15% in uh, episode five. Also, the one where he gets angry and they have their, their breakup and all. So that was pretty strong. Uh, Eve Best and Ewan Mitchell, also last shout out is to them. They're, they both placed twice. They're the only ones to place twice that weren't in the main, like top six cast members there. Top six being four characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's funny. laughs> right. You got two Emma, or one, two uh, Rainier, two uh, Allison's, and then Viserys and Damon. Cool. All right. Well, now let's get into asking y'all's favorites. That was a lot of talk for me. Let's hear from our guests and from Sean and the a bit. Roundtable time. Favorite slash chosen. That basically means, you know, if you pick, you can pick a favorite, but if you don't want to repeat something someone else said, you can pick someone else. So we're going to go with main cast performer and we'll start. We're going to usually start with Sean because he's the unsolied one, but we'll maybe mix it up a little bit throughout the episode start. Sean, we'll start with you. Who was your favorite or... performer of the season from the main cast or just someone you want to highlight?
4: I'm going to say, uh, uh, Nellie Alcock. I think that she, uh, I don't think anyone was head and shoulders above anyone else. I think everyone gave really good performances. And I think that sometimes there's more for certain characters to give, you know, like just being more central, having more emotional moments, but whatever the reasons are, I think she did it. And also maybe she gets credit. Let's just say some objective, you know, you know, performing arts instructor could tell us more definitively. Matt Smith actually did better. I could accept that, except he's an experienced adult performer. You know, she's this, this young girl with her first big show, and she's on par with him at least. And so, I want to give her credit for that. I, this past Good week, point. I actually rewatched the first couple episodes. And was just reminded how well she was. You know, she's been out of it for half the season, but going back and watching, like, yep, she was definitely the best one. In <laughs> right on. And the second episode, so yeah. cool.
1: Uh, Zach, what about you?
3: I, I honestly want to say the same thing. Uh, I think that Matt Smith did a a really hard job. I think that he had heavy lifting being Damon Targaryen, mm-hmm. and he was Damon Targaryen the whole time, not for half of the season, and, and then for the second half of the season. But I think that Millie Alcock also really, and Emily Carey too, and I mean, Patty was a constant throughout the whole thing, so I'm going to leave him out of that talk. I would just say that he's number one, but then I would have three tied number one. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it just goes to show you know how I mean? hard it is to because pick. Yeah. He,
3: was the, he really understood going into the series. It felt like that he knew the task of bringing back GOT, and also like he was working up to it his whole life. Like his time on the set and with all the BTS stuff that we've seen. And again, the sense of of mind that he had in his character clearly throughout the entire course of all the episodes that he was in was made to bring back the series in the way that he did. And so it just matched in a way that uh, I don't think that we've had a character come into Game of Thrones before other than some someone like Pedro came in really knowing mm. what he needed to be to, to play over Martell. Or the red viper, and that was the vibe I got from from Patty. But uh, I think that Millie was what we all focused on mainly when we were seeing if we liked Hot D or not, and what she brought to the role. Whether it's good being new or not, mm-hmm. whatever it was, I don't know. Wh- I don't know what it was, but. Um, I think it really made it land. It was sort of the same kind of magic that we got from the rest of the cast from the last show, or other good shows oh, yeah. that we like. She had that too, right on, which made people want to keep watching. But at, at the same time, Matt Smith, like I said, he had to be Damon Targaryen the whole time. He had to. A...
2: Oh, they glitched.
3: He was dodging more arrows.
2: I think we should cut him off. You're you're uh, skipping Zach, so we could not hear you anymore. Yes. Is
3: our these-
1: uh, audio messed Yeah, show? you're you're good now. Can, can you
3: hear us yeah, now? Yeah, you're, you're
0: good
3: now. You're back. Let's here, move yeah. on to Hannah. Anyway, he yeah. he had, he. When <laughs> went- <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you said Siri, it triggered Siri. Computer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I, wonder, I think that that's oh, what happened. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it cut us you're off. right. I, <laughs> didn't I didn't think that was absolutely. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going
3: Millie though. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: about you, Hannah? Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll jump in. Um. Just to kind of reiterate something that you were saying that people may or may not have heard, I would give my pick to Patty Viserys nice. just for the life that he brought to Viserys' character. And we heard so much ahead of House of the Dragon coming out from George about how Viser- he brought Viserys to life. And so there was a lot of excitement surrounding what his character was going to be. And I feel like he just absolutely delivered. Every episode, he cracked me up. I thought he was hilarious and I thought he was kingly and interesting and made this kind of throwaway character almost feel like the most exciting and important and fun thing Mm -hmm. to watch. Not that he's a throwaway character, but, you know, like he wasn't like the main guy when we were reading Fire and Blood necessarily. So um, I felt like he was a standout for me. Right on. Shay, what about you?
2: Well, there's certainly a world in which I say I said Millie or I said Patty, but Mm -hmm. in the interest of switching it up and because (laughs) I do love them all, I will say Emily Carey um, out of the Allisons, and it's close between the two but similarly to Millie I have to give respect to the, the younger, less experienced actor to the one that had to really set the stage and the one that really made me fall in love with Allison as a character and like I don't love adult Allison. Um, she's a lot more problematic. And so I don't have the same passion for her. But young Allison, I, I felt such empathy for and I felt just, I just felt so much for her. So I'll say Emily.
1: Right on. I definitely would have said Emily if you hadn't. <laughs> 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 I, I was going to pick one of the actresses who played Allison because I think just like you, the point you made, Matt, uh, rather, Zach was really good that Matt Smith had a hard job to do because he's filling, a big role, a role that people have expectations for. I thought that was good that you used Pedro as an example because and that's a weird a, role. Yeah, because the Red Viper had expectations too. Whereas the expectations for Allison was people were going to hate her, right? That's a that's a hard mm-hmm. that's hard for a different reason. The expectation for Patty was he's bringing to life a role that didn't have much life. So that's a those are all different challenges for the actors involved here. And with Emily Carey, I would have said similar to what you just said, Shea, that she brought life to, like. Something you like, you, she brought likability to a role that was not likable from the books. And then Olivia just performed it so well once she became an adult. It was like, wow, this is really making it good. It remind me of Cersei because she's got moments of villainy now. Alicent is way less villainous than Cersei, at least to this point. It Maybe I'm saying that as a smokescreen, not that I expect her to be more villainous than Cersei in the long run. I'm just saying eh, we'll see what happens. But it's hard to be a compelling villain because a lot of villains are one note or two note, and these are very fleshed out women in similar positions of being dowager queen, of having their children against other people's children, of having a king that's kind of not around, things like that. So it's a, so A, she was also treading familiar ground. Like, she also doesn't want to be too much like Cersei. She has to be new, has to be a compelling villain, have to not, you know, have to be likable while being dislikable. It's really hard. So I just was really impressed by that. All right. What about minor performers? Uh, someone who wasn't one of the main cast. That's up to you what minor means. And folks, if you're weighing in in the comments with your own versions, feel free to make up your own definition of minor. It's, it's not worth figuring, drawing a line in the sand, exactly what minor and major means in this uh, context. So, Sean, back to you. Who was your favorite minor performer?
4: I would probably say, uh, I, I feel bad. I don't remember the actor's name now, but the younger uh, Aegon. Was that Tenant? Was that Ty a- Tenet, a- Tenet. yeah. Ten? Oh, good. High Tenant. Yeah. I, I think, uh, by the way, I, I, another category we should have here is best butt. <laughs> Dear God. Dear God. I think
1: <laughs> Was that, we, that a stunt that butt? But that is, I have some ideas.
4: <laughs> How many we, butts did we see? to the yeah. making Titanic. Just, you know, I, I forgot to mention it earlier. It wasn't in a document, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, uh, once again i th- i think that just generally the you know the casting director gets credit yeah. for this and uh and and you know a lot of times acting you know th- there are a lot of other unsung heroes in a production of a show the editors and directors cinematographers i guess you directors are usually not unsung but um uh but anyway i just want to give a lot of credit all around and i think it makes a lot of sense to focus on the performers um And, but it's hard when there's so many good ones there, you know, I don't think that there was like one or even two or three characters that were like nailing it and everyone else is okay. I think they were all nailing it. So we're struggling to figure out, you know, who was the highest of all the nines you know yeah yeah Um, (laughs) and so sometimes i dip into things like wanting to give more credit to the people who have less experience or something yeah i
1: feel like that's (laughs) totally valid yeah like just like you're allowed to choose what minor means you're allowed to choose whatever criteria for things like this Uh, yeah we're not trying to be like some award show where they're very strict and leave things out (laughs) now we're we're just we're just touting our opinions and calling out our favorites here Uh, zach what about you
3: Man, (laughs) I'm gonna say either Hotto or Hotto. Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh! (laughs) so we there's a there's a butt you wish you You had seen. (laughs) (laughs) You're a
3: Reese, yeah. I'm thinking about deep fake options for that. Um, Hotto Eye Tower.
5: Really? <laughs>
3: or I'm gonna say a tie between Otto and Caraxes. That's nice. So fun. I like it. You know, I just thought they brought the same, the same amount of uh <laughs> polish, but also it's like they had the polish and then the darker, like cobalt blue like color with it. It was like, oh, this show's gonna be good. These guys are rich and deep, and Caraxes was the same way, I think, as Otto, just effective and exactly what they needed to be.
1: That scene they had together with a new spin on effective. it. <laughs> <laughs> get oh yeah, they have been in a few scenes together. In at least one, right? or was it just yeah, one? See episode yeah. two, right? Yeah, <laughs> on the on the walkway there, on the causeway. <laughs> yeah, that rules. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> they need their I don't own. want to talk
3: about my auto caraxes fic. We're gonna leave that. <laughs> and, out yeah, they episode. need. A spin we have a off. whole off season to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, what's
1: your call?
0: Um, man, I really wanted to say the guy who played Otto, but Zach stole my answer, yeah, so, yeah. Of re- yeah, I haven't, like, I haven't literally opened up on my phone. You're probably creeping on what I got. <laughs>
1: um, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> there's, Let's like, a picture the of the And it's like, call me first next um, time.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I want to give mine to... I don't remember his name. I need to look up, but the guy who plays Laris. Oh, Matthew Needham. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matthew Needham. Matthew Needham. Yeah. Mm. We need I ham. thought that he brought... <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'd all do
0: he brought such the perfect vibe to the character without even saying anything like just seeing him on your screen you're like okay i, I know what this guy is going to be all about so minor character i'd have to give it to him nice
3: that's good that is a like good even call. from the tent is what you're saying mm-hmm. you're like yeah. wait
1: a second yeah <laughs> wow. yeah
0: i liked his i liked his he was perfect for the role
1: cool Ashea, who do you pick
2: Oh, this is so hard to say, and we uh, the other category. I'll say we have some categories coming up about best deaths and worst deaths. So maybe I'll get to shout out some people later. Yeah. Uh, but like I want to say Lena, but I just don't think that she quite got enough. I want to say Harwin, but I also don't think he got enough. So I'm gonna say little Leo Ashton is as young Amond and big. Amond is it Mitchell? I, I'm gonna cheat and <laughs> Those say are the bolt. right answers. But like yeah. I, I, I said it before, but I just I, I, Leo Ashton laid so much groundwork for making us feel for Amond and feel his, his emotions, and it, it just worked so well for me. The the betrayal that he feel like you can see on his face during the um scene with the dagger with the knife when allison is upset and and amid is kind of like no one's standing up from i don't know i really liked leo ashton and i really appreciated that he was like really involved in the fandom on social media Like out of the cast members, like he was really engaging with people and like loving it. Uh, he had, I just want to shout out this great tweet that he had where he said that his mother had a crush on Big (laughs) Amond and that she was channeling the Targaryens because she had a crush on his older self, and it was so funny to me.
1: Oh, that is weird. (laughs) How do you process that as someone his age? You're like, my mom likes. The older my me. character, yeah. but not me. Uh, hmm. Not my problem. Yeah. Process it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll shout out Eve best. Arguably she's not minor enough, but hey, I said we get to make our own criteria. I, I would have probably said you and Mitchell. I was thinking about Uh-oh. Leo Ashton, too. So. I'm
2: stealing all your answers. Aziz. That's fine.
1: I don't mind. I don't mind like being the last one. I can I can pick the one who doesn't get named. I'll like be the safety here. <laughs> she was so good. She was consistently strong. Her her facial expressions if if they had if this had been like one of those uh like a one of those um like a show like the office or parks and rec they would have been looking at her face the camera would have been looking at her reactions she would have been the woman like doing the like are you kidding me are you serious like look at these idiots like she's the she would have been the gym looking at the camera yeah so i'll go with her She is really strong and uh she's she's not strong (laughs) Ha! She is Targaryen, not strong. You're right. She's kind of against the Strongs, really, yeah. Okay, Okay, let's go with uh, one more character question here, which is, what character your opinion changed on the most? For Sean, this will have been during the season. For the rest of us, we will have had more preconceived notions because of fire and blood. So there's a little bit of a slightly different angle to that. But again, we'll start with you, Sean. What was a character who you had an opinion on and over time? It it flipped, whether it turned sour or just expanded or went good from bad, whatever you think.
4: Well, I think the one whose opinion, my opinion changed on the most, it wasn't really over time. It was one episode it was ironic to go after what Hannah just said about uh Laris, because when he first came on well, I, it might not have been his very first appearance but it's the first time he's featured he was in the garden there with uh with Rhaenyra. no with Allison, with Allison, yeah. with Allison yeah and there was that little back and forth he was kind of like a, a, maybe a combination of kind of trying to get picking her brain and also planting some seeds um and Ashea, you know kind of asked me what I thought of him is like, I I think he's a good guy. I think he's trying to like help Allison out. You know, I, I think if she's like, all right, so we're going on record. Sean is behind. And by the next episode, he like killed his own father and brother. I'm like, Oh, geez, I had that guy wrong for sure. (laughs) So I, 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 I think the, the, you know, to at least the letter, if not the spirit of this question, that's gotta be the character that I most shifted my opinions on. I thought he was going to be maybe like, a, a more a little fingerish character but with maybe better intentions and it seemed out He's more like a little finger character with worse intentions it seems maybe. like he, he,
2: he was maybe a little closer to varis than little finger he's closer to little finger <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah
4: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: that sounds about right yeah, that's a good way yeah. to put it okay zach what about you who's your call here who did you change opinion on the most allison yeah okay for sure yeah i figured one of us at least mean, would say allison, allison. <laughs> what stood out to you I most think that,
3: Sean you're so right about Laris though <laughs> So right but um for me it was different it was like I thought he was a big bad and then he ended up just wanting to whack it to feet so you're <laughs> <laughs> not that scary but uh I think that Allison just uh continues to there's I still don't have any resolution um I think it's just the smartness of the folks writing the show and the dumbness of me when I was reading fire and blood to not know that there was that many layers to Allison mm. And so the show for me is still revealing the potential, uh, real heart of her because I was confused from episode one, from the tree to the carriage or from the carriage to the tree. Mm. And I'm still confused now at the very end of it, even post Rhaenyra converse or Rainey's conversation. Um, But I'm not confused about how she wanted to protect her kids, but I'm just still uh, looking for the heart of her character. It's not clear yet.
1: Okay, right on. Hannah, what about you?
0: Uh, I'm going to give mine to Kristen Cole, (laughs) who became a hated figure on our podcast. But I think from both the beginning of the season and also just from reading Fire and Blood, I had this idea of who this guy was going to be, and we knew he was going to switch sides. But I think I was surprised by how much it – like pissed me off like how much (laughs) it upset me and one of the things that i know we were really looking forward to was kind of getting that depth and those relationships and that heartbreak and i think that Kristen cole's character completely delivered i mean he went from being (laughs) this guy that was gonna switch sides or you know that maybe potentially had feelings for both these girls and how was it gonna work out to being um this person that I really hated seeing on screen. <laughs>
4: so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm give it Cole. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> i have thoughts <laughs> <laughs> great good
2: by the way i'll appreciate sean that uh, in the chat we got a, when you said millie alcock is your favorite you know dom replied a,
4: a contingency of disappointed people no, well no
2: dom said that's very Kristen cole of you to pick millie right <laughs> and not emma Radiera, and I was like, that's <laughs> uh,
5: right on um, but no for Shit. me
2: like i do feel like the uh, like it is alicent like ultimately for me i do agree with like how could it be anyone but alicent truly like that that was such a huge switch in how i perceived her character but for the sake of variety i'll say the duo of damon and amond who are two Mm -hmm. like i put them together because they're two like rogue princes you know they're these two uh kind of terrible people in Fire and Blood is my perception of them, kind of terrible and flat, I guess, and then I saw both of them on screen and I was like oh, I get it, like I, I get why people liked these characters or why they were intrigued or I, I, you know, all that, um, so both of them were um surprising to me that I cared for them
1: Yeah that's a good answer, yeah, I, I think that's probably who I would pick in a vacuum as well um,
2: Allison. Yeah, yeah, But
1: but also because I'd like to not repeat, I'll say Viserys. I mean, yeah. it's an easy answer, but it's it's true. I mean, it's going from having very little opinion, and most of it being kind of negative, to having still a lot of criticisms of the of the man of the character, just having a lot more to dig into in general. And so my opinion didn't necessarily change from good to bad or bad to good. It just changed from very little to quite a lot. Right. It went from Uh, The quantity of opinion (laughs) changed quite a lot on him, and that was definitely a product of how well he was brought to life. By the way, shout out to Kate Rhodes James. That's the casting director for House of the Dragon. So keep in mind her when we're praising all these fantastic actors. Let's switch gears just a little bit let's let's go on the critical side here something that you dislike doesn't have to be a character but it can be a character it can be a plot it can be a writing decision it can be anything you want something you want to highlight that you didn't like uh sean what is your pick
4: two two things come to mind and one i think is uh, i don't know like a a writer issue and one is a you know in-world disappointment with a character issue. Uh, I mean I guess there's a lot of things maybe to be disappointed by the characters for. But, <laughs> uh, but Damon's run was frustrating to me. I okay. think it's it was sure. like an out of place. It was like a superhero movie moment. You know, like Damon can be a badass, but he's not superman you know what i mean he shouldn't, <laughs> there were too many people with arrows there was like maybe on some level if if they had showed like a training sequence where they plotted out the route he was gonna run or some distractionary force there's ways i can come up with in my mind where they might have made that more believable just had less guys shooting arrows but i don't know it was it was the, the one the, the, the maybe the worst moment in the show for me when i was like eh, what's happening here you know like uh but but it's pretty much the only one, nice. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's the, the silver lining is that, one, I expect a lot of people might pick that as their favorite moment. Like, <laughs> a lot of people want cool action and badass superheroes. <laughs> I want more drama and more realism. So, it, you know, maybe I'm not with everyone as far as that opinion goes. But um, then the other thing that might my, my gripe was that Rainies, who... There are many uh, angles many things that might make me pick her out as a favorite character or a hero of the story except that when she busts up to the floor not only is that kind of a writing logistical issue I uh, have a little problem with but also maybe like it keeps her from being able to root for her too much because she just killed a bunch of innocent people yeah, so, so that's kind of both ways know, it's like a writing
1: choice and like it, it dims yeah. the character for you yeah, yeah. I hear that okay uh, Zach what's your call here <laughs> He's like, I can't say uh, anything I'm negative. <laughs> He's
2: like, I'm HBO <laughs> shill. I'm I can't allowed. be critical. I, <laughs> I can't say a <laughs> We're negative. we I dislike
1: <laughs> that there weren't twelve episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: yeah, you know, first you can go first, Hannah. I suppose too. Give Zach a moment.
3: She's gonna say anything. I'm
1: gonna say. I bet. I
2: bet. <laughs> go
0: for it. Exactly. like I, deal. I didn't
1: get to steal anything from Hannah, so I'd have nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I have no ideas up well, on her, Google Her right screen now. is too dim right now. I can't read it. <laughs> mm. So
3: uh, I think the... Uh, I don't like any uh, quick shot to a uh, thing you're supposed to look at. Mm-hmm. So all the daggers oh. quick looks at that was really... Okay. It, was, it was just a window into a painful past. You guys all know what past I'm talking
2: about—the <laughs> past
3: where uh, the
2: future <laughs> that
3: existed before—and yeah, the future, <laughs> which was our past. Uh, um, so you didn't like the yeah, dagger I just, stuff? I don't know. In general, no. I mean, you you can have it in there, but maybe handle it with the same amount of subtlety that you did walking to a tree.
5: Mm.
2: Um,
3: to, you know. Like, uh, just, I don't know, just maybe do it a little bit less obvious. That's the only thing I didn't like, and that's I think it's a pretty small gripe, and I don't think that it really matches the same energy as the rest of the the subtle uh, finish that they have on the rest of the show. So I think it was probably something that came from upstairs, if I'm right. But I might be wrong, but it just doesn't really fit the vibe of everything else. Every time they go, what you're seeing here, Harry, are memories. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, see, I saw that thing. But you know, I... Uh, I yeah, say it, Sean. Go say your shit. Go. <laughs> you,
4: you're, you're reminding me of the opening. You remember there was, you know, they had uh, the, the very, very intro. It, it, it they had the the
5: yeah.
4: narration the of the Targaryen Great Council. Thing. But even before that, there was just like writing on a screen. Yeah, and it was like you yeah. know what you're seeing here takes place yeah. hundred years before Danny Targaryen, uh-huh. and it all bleeds away except for a hundred years before Danny. You know, like yeah. I really want to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So on one end, I kind of see what you're saying. It you know, we can figure this out, right? You don't have to, like, zoom in on the deck. Yeah, or, or yeah, or yeah. But I think they're walking up the line because we're deep in this fandom. We're doing podcasts for it, and I think many other right. people are listening no, to them. Yeah. But the, you got to know, there's there's probably, like, millions of people watching this that don't know Fire and Blood or that it's 100 years before. They need some clarification. And it's probably a freaky balance, yeah. even if it's coming from upstairs. Dude, I, listen, I, man, I see your complaint, but I...
3: If it was the people who made the show or people upstairs and or God himself or God himself, <laughs> whoever it came from, they know and, and, and your point sounds good, and if that is the point that's better than being smooth, then you're then you know better than me, fine, I'm just saying I noticed it you know what I mean yeah, and yeah. to me, it just seems like everything else was so smooth, I don't know if we'd necessarily need that, yeah, but but, um, it's you didn't a- like
0: that poster where the dragon's eye was the shape of the dagger, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. The
3: clip art dagger, it was like the flat. I, did, I the didn't know this like, episode, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. me too, well, honestly. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, what's your yeah, pick? So, I don't really yeah. have a real oh, complaint. Sorry. Okay, I, I
4: wanted to say one other thing to that point was, um it is, it is it is, sort of uneven because I didn't get on the first watch of the episode that Emma and Aegon, or uh, no, Helena and Aegon, were married with kids. I didn't mm-hmm. pick up mm-hmm. on it, right? Okay. That was like subtle enough, like you're saying, okay. that I needed a second watch to piece that together. And so <laughs> it is weird that something, I'm going to say significant like that, they didn't like make sure we understood. Whereas other things they do, it's like wh- when they do and don't do it isn't exactly even I'm so, however it so is to do,
3: do that, but so glad you brought that up because we had a friend of ours that specifically said to us in a group text i liked how they didn't say who his wife was Hmm. Mm. which i guess it made it feel like more of an organic scene there at the wedding you know when they're sitting beside each other and they're sort of referencing each other but like that's funny that we have had two friends now point out the same thing but from different sides so i think it just illustrates the whole uh, goal of fire and blood from the very beginning. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to do it right in the middle that we can all interpret in a different way. So maybe the knife is part of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm gonna go uh, like a little bit broader because, to be honest, i was like a House of the Dragon fangirl, so <laughs> <laughs> I, there's not a lot that um I would say narratively that about doing the wrong way that we haven't already brought up. But something that has been like bugging me. I guess from a very broad perspective is that we have to wait so long for the next (laughs) season. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it's um, a shame that we have to kind of, I know that a lot of networks are doing that these days and taking breaks between big shows and things like that. But we've had such a great momentum with season one and they had to have known that we were going to get renewed for season two. I mean, to me it was a no brainer that that was going to happen. They announced it like halfway through the week after episode one. And so (laughs) I'm bummed that we won't, that we'll lose some of the momentum, and that we'll have to wait so long until we get season two.
1: Fair call, fair call. What about you, Shea?
2: Well, you know, I didn't love the Rainies scene in general but i kind of like I, I didn't love it for some of the reasons Stan said but i kind of have accepted it as like okay I, it, it adds to my appreciation of the Rainey's character as in like it, it, I, if i choose to believe that that is a character trait that Rainey's did not care about those commoners well then that added to her character so like I've, i kind of have justified it in my head um so i'm gonna say something kind of broad as well which was the, the thing is, he's joked about, which was that I wish they had 12 episodes, but it is really that. <laughs> I do honestly feel like there was just a little period um around the time jump where things were a little rushed. I do think that characters like Lena and Harwin specifically and the younger children would have benefited from just a little bit of breathing room. They really clearly wanted to hit the big Storm's End, Amon Lucerys thing at the end of the season that was like something they had to get to so they were kind of hemmed in but i think that i I don't know i I think that's honestly just my biggest complaint is i just think they needed a little bit more breathing room for between episodes five and seven like those ones should have just been like longer even and it would have made a difference i don't know that's mine
4: you know if they broke the format a little and had 12 episodes, they might have also felt less need to have this big penultimate moment, and it might not have done that thing with Rainey's.
2: Yeah, that's true, too. Maybe, You're right, It might have just been, you know, and so mine's a bit of a cop-out. I know some people will be like, that's not really a complaint. You just want more. <laughs> but no, it is that I, I... And it has its own ramifications. Like, I also do feel like, like Lena got short shrift, and so did Bela and Raina, and like... That isn't how they meant it to come off, but, like, they made the Valarians black, and so now we have these black women who are just, like, really don't ever get any focus in the story. And I know it's coming, though, so I can't really, like, I can't be too harsh with it because, I like, Bela and Reyna will get their time to shine. But I really feel like there was room for that in this season, I guess.
1: Hmm. I uh, would have said Rainy's busting through the floor as well. (laughs) I do really, even though I really like... A lot of other aspects. Well, what I said was I just didn't like the logistics of it, which is, again, it's hard to find something to criticize. I'm with you guys that it's hard to pick something here. Um, I considered naming the, the feet thing because after we talked about it, it doesn't, it didn't seem to register very well for like, it just, it's not very believable. It doesn't reflect, uh, the way people with disabilities have fetishes and things like that. It just doesn't, it wasn't very well Mm -hmm. planned out. But, um, but I do really love the symbolism of what Rainey's did and I do love the setup for things I won't suggest talk about because it's spoilery so i still really like that i feel like they maybe could have found a different way to pull those things off but yeah again it's it's a good sign that we, we don't have a wide variety <laughs> of complaints and some of the complaints are there wasn't enough so yeah that's I
0: know <laughs> I was just, like trying
1: to see if we could get a little controversial nah you guys were just like nah we just liked it too much but <laughs> ah, that's fine that's <laughs> <No>. valid <laughs> alright let's get back to some I guess low hanging fruit here favorite dragon first a few dragon facts I think Corre- I know
2: Zach's favorite <laughs> dragon based on his answer earlier.
3: <laughs> that's not my favorite dragon Oh, it
2: isn't. It's just your favorite performance. A- oh,
3: his
1: favorite performance by a dragon. Like- one of
3: my favorite minor performances. I have a favorite dragon, but my favorite
1: actor yes. dragon is different. Yes.
3: It is different, and I'm after Sean. So yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to wait for that, Shea. So
1: Caraxes appeared in the most episodes of the dragons. It's seven. So Caraxes gets the quantity <laughs> award as well as the longest neck award. Uh, <laughs> Dreamfire and Vermax were in two episodes each. Sea Smoke was in three. Vagar was in three. Which seems like Vagar was in more, but Vagar was just always like such a big deal, literally, <laughs> when she was on screen. Cyrax was in four. Melis was in four. Sunfire, Vermithor, and Arax were in one. Silverwing, Moondancer, Tyraxes, and the Wild Dragons were mentioned only. And wouldn't you know, we did get a mention of Tassarian indirectly. Damon said in the final episode, the greens have four dragons. Vagar, Sunfire, Dreamfire, and question mark, it's gotta be Tassarian. Well, who else could it be? So. <laughs> there we go. So they kind of did. Who's Cesarian, should I know? Cesarian well, is, is the, the, the not brother. really. No, it's the brother that hasn't been seen yet.
4: Oh, Daron. Yes, Daron
1: the the fourth a, child of Yeah,
2: he has his own John dragon. Snow's okay. mother. <laughs> yeah, so
1: he has a young dragon too. It's a it's a ha- it's like, you know, young like him, It's not some huge dragon. Uh so so by the way, we talked about the name Vermithrax Pejorative. <laughs> from the movie Dragon Slayer last time around, which is one of George's favorites. And we, we, we joked about how Vermithrax is probably the com- the name, the origin of the name Vermithor and the name Vermax, because both of those are basically contained in Vermithrax. What I had forgotten was that when Viserys is having that bathtub scene with Eroa in episode like five of the first show... She's like asking him all those questions about dragons, and the the showrunners decided it would be funny just to insert a bunch of jokes instead of real dragons from the history of the show. But they stuck in Vermithrax. That he says like all these names that aren't from anywhere else. They're just like inside jokes, and then he says Vermithrax. So, yeah. To me, the in world solution for that scene is Viserys just doesn't know so he was just trying to make up names to sound so he wouldn't sound like an idiot he's like I don't know uh, Vermithrax uh, Sovius Archanae yeah so he's just throwing out names that sound cool because he doesn't know (laughs) anyway so Sean who's your favorite dragon
4: I'll go for the low hanging fruit Caraxes I think he was maybe just because he's featured the most but I think they did a good job of using him to present the menacing nature of the dragons.
1: Yeah. Isn't it neat how Caraxes always, there was no moment of Caraxes not obeying Damon either, where like there was for some of the other dragons. Maybe that's yet to come, but yeah. As an extension of him, it's neat too.
4: Yeah. By the way, hopefully it's okay to just spark some discussion. I don't want to cut everyone off from our answers, but uh, I was thinking about the idea that the... uh, I wonder how much the dragon's behaving or misbehaving as like their personality or the writer's personality or some combination. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that's why Vassarus didn't like or want to ride Balerion because he knew we couldn't really control him.
5: Mm.
4: Like I wonder if that added to his fear or the idea that, you know, the idea that we can control dragons is an illusion. Maybe he's like, look, maybe you can control. your dragons, <laughs> but I can't control mine. And if I can't. I'm not sure that everyone can. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, a, I, I, I was point. thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and Craxis has that neat whining siren sound, too. That's very distinct. I like that. Uh, okay. So, Zach, who are you picking?
3: Craxis has a... Uh, what is it? A, like
1: a... Uh, deviated septum. Oh, oh deviated yeah. septum. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's what that it came with yeah. the long neck. It's just part of that whole <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> elongated nasal passages or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I love Caraxes as a Shea and Tron both will test to. <laughs> I I gotta say Melee's though.
2: Oh Ooh. with her crown. Melee's
3: was uh I mean, yes the crown and uh the the being you know, at the perfect age for the show to, to really show us. I mean Vermithor, I think really brought it at the end. We're all we're all Vagar, Vagar, and then Vermithor's like, Hey, I'm still here.
5: I'm still here, yeah.
3: <laughs> And It's like okay, it's a little bit more of a promise. it's like the greens might not have everything
5: uh, and Vegas
3: <laughs> may may not be that like tapped in or smart, you know maybe it's just more uh primal, so we'll see. it's like promises. <laughs> but I think Melee's showed the most uh Graxies looked was really c- cerebral for sure, uh but melees was uh just a for me personified what Rainey's is as a character mm. that we didn't really get. Nice. Uh, the the true power of a, a different tier of Targaryens that come from blooded people that can fucking fight. You know, <laughs> and, uh, Beast beneath the board is next level. Yeah.
1: What other exactly. dragon busted yeah. through a floor too? Like they have that. She has that crown on her head and she used it to smash through the. Didn't even dent it. Uh, Hannah, who's your dragon pick?
0: Um, I'm gonna go a little cliche, cliche. Although I guess all the dragons are cliche. But I'm gonna pick Vegar cool. for my dragon pick i felt like they did such a good job in house of the dragon and making these dragons big and huge and some instances scary and with their different personalities and um i was worried like based off of game of thrones we'd already seen a dragon so how are we going to see something bigger and cooler and grander than Drogon, but lol, we were just watching some Game of Thrones scenes oh, well, yeah. over the weekend. You
3: saw
1: these. remember how small Drogon was? Yeah. Yeah. Drogon
0: looks like a little kid, like a little Daenerys baby dragon. We watched da- yeah, the Daznax so thought, pit
1: scene. Yeah, I was like, boy, that's a small yeah. dragon.
0: <laughs> so I just... Vegar being... Vagar, you know, I just I loved the scale that we got from him nice. and all the other dragons. Scale.
1: I see what you did there.
0: <laughs> yes <Yeah>, see. <Yeah. laughs> <Whoa. laughs>
1: Ashea, who's your choice?
2: Uh, my real favorite probably is Caraxes' is long boy, because of the boy. long thing. But I want to give a special shout out to Cyrax, because in this yeah. shot, I want to point out that Cyrax has the cutest smile, along with <laughs> Arax as well. But that look, Cyrax has... Rainiera puts a heart on Cyrax's chest, and I just think that's really cute. See, she has like a, a heart... Uh, I don't. I don't really like. It's meant to keep the saddle on, but I just think it's a uh, sweet. So
5: <laughs> good for.
2: Si- I like Cyrax for her accessorizing. Um, I'll say, um, she's very sweet.
1: Well, I'll and I go- like
2: Sea Smoke for his. Um, he Sea Smoke has that. Um, that uh, little soul patch beard, remember? <laughs> so I like that. Too.
4: Oh my God. Seaspoke
2: does. Seaspoke has a soul patch. Yeah,
4: you're right. I
1: remember that.
2: Yeah, yeah you're
4: right.
1: That's true. Yes. Yeah, that is a good yeah. point.
4: Lalo Lalo Salamanca told him to keep it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will go ahead and pick Vermithor because I appreciate a dragon that loves mm-hmm. music. When he's holding his lighter up to <laughs> Damon's song, mm-hmm. I'm like, now that's a dragon that appreciates <laughs> music. So that's a dragon for me. Also, he's got that cool name, Vermathor. I mean, that is that is a powerful, potent lizardy name, right? That is an old, big lizard. <laughs> it's just the name really fits the the creature. I almost want to say Arax for being Goli- David versus Goliath there, just like that takes. I don't even know if dragons have cojones, but <laughs> the dragon a- Arax went out mm-hmm. like a dragon should. They showed that dragons prefer to fight. And it is harder to portray that than a little dragon going after a giant dragon and just like not backing down. That really shows the, the mindset of a dragon without uh, exposition. So I thought that was pretty well done. All right, so who speaking of, um, I will actually take first this time because I'm going to say basically a related answer to this question, which is, well, we'll go ahead and flip the order to, on Q here. Who had the best death? And I'll go ahead and say Luke and Arax as my pick. They had an epic death that probably starts the war. It's probably the biggest trigger of the war. It was. This is very sad. It's very tragic. It was very. It was full of tension. It was amazingly shot. So just all these different aspects of it worked out. It's. It was the climax. It was. You know. It was set up by. Rainier is saying, you know, we all have our destinies. And, well, I guess this is your destiny, kid. And it just was everything. It just had all the emotions, all the results, all the spectacle, all the I had us talking afterwards. It was the end of the season. So I'll go with that. And, and remember, just like major, minor, best can mean plot reasons, can mean the way you made it made you feel. And we're going to do worst death afterwards. Like, I could see you saying Emma Aaron is the best death. I could see you saying Emma Aaron's the worst death. So just a matter of what that means to you. So uh, have at it. Okay, so we're going in reverse order. So Shea, you'd be next then.
2: Okay. The best death. What does a good death mean to me? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what I think is best and worst ultimately. But I guess I'll say... Oh, I guess the best death is... Oh, man. I, I, I really... I really don't know what I think best and word. I guess I'll say Viserys, sure. He got the best death Death, and that he had a great performance. That's what it means to me, is the best death performance. There we go. I, yeah. I answered. Be satisfied.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, who is your pick? I, of course, I think Viserys, if, if no one had said Viserys, it would have been a little shameful. So I'm glad <laughs> someone did it. <laughs> Hannah, who do you think? Um,
0: I'm going to give my best death to uh, this one okay i'm gonna give my best death to that soldier that got stepped on yeah he's screaming my prince he's so excited because he thinks damon's coming to save the day and then he gets immediately killed by the thing that's coming to save him so i thought that was such a great hilarious little addition oh. to just adding more <laughs> color to the world so um i loved that
1: he may have had the most piece. dialogue right. of any uncredited character, too. Yeah. Like, any unnamed character. And I'm pretty sure he spoke <laughs> right. more than Damon did that episode. Because Damon said nothing <laughs> sure, in yeah. the second half, right? He did yeah. yell for Cragar to come out at first, but after that he said nothing. I love that pick. I love that pick. Uh, Zach, you're next. Best death.
3: When I liked.
2: Yeah. Mm. When you liked, performance you liked, whatever metric. I don't know.
3: Well, I think Vaman performed really well right before he died. Yeah. I'm gonna have to save Viserys too.
1: Cool. Okay, well, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's oh, for obvious reasons. The man, the man, really pulled it off there. Yeah, just made us all weep and he made the dragons dance. He did. He really did. Yeah, and, and was, it was like, a big deal. And it was in a very focused moment
2: on him in his death scene, like focusing yeah. on him alone. You know, his face and all that. So.
1: Yeah, they gave him like a whole. Chunk of that whole episode just dedicated to his exit. Yeah, I mean that, that's yeah. true. Like he, he as far as fanfare mm-hmm. and, and time laid out. Yeah,
3: shows like that don't give characters special
1: episodes until they've already been successful for like two seasons. It's a good point. And yeah. then it's like that they made it. They they gave him extra treatment for his shorter role. That was still eight episodes. Sean, who is your pick for best death?
4: So I want to have an inclination to pick Visaris because I I think. I'm torn also, like what, what to call a best death. Like part of me wants to say what I want is just to die peacefully in bed. I don't want any pain or suffering. I want to live a long life. I want to, you know, be happy in the end or whatever. And I think the stars in a lot of ways got that, but really he was suffering in pain. I don't yeah. know if he exactly died peacefully. <laughs> he was kind of out of his mind on drugs. I don't know if I do want to pick that one. So the, another thing I might pick is dying. I don't know for something you believe in trying to make a difference mm. in some way like you know saving someone's life or you know uh bringing about revolution or whatever and uh but i don't know if anyone really quite got that either you know like even that guy in the ground like maybe like <laughs> for the sake of the show his death reinforces the dangers of the dragons even when they're ostensibly being used in a good way they end up killing innocents so but he didn't mean to do that he doesn't know he did that i don't know if i want to pick him either I think, in the end, I might pick Lord Beesbury. Okay. His death was relatively quick and painless. He didn't suffer a lot,
1: and he <laughs> died standing up for what he believed yeah, in, he what did. he thought was right. Yeah, right. So, that fills your criteria not badly. Yeah, I had him as a possible worst death, too, because it was just like, oh, so <laughs> awkward and like accidental and, and unlikely. And Unceremonious. But, yeah. but, once again, that's the freedom we have to pick in the category. Okay, we'll stay in this reverse order for another question or two. So we'll go to worst death now. I will say the poor dude killed to be Lenore's burned body. Like that yeah. guy, that is ignominious and sad. Not only did it, it was he mistreated horribly to be put in that position, but like after the fact, like his family just thinks he ran away or something. Like he's just gone. Like no one, everybody's just like, he just went MIA. Like that, that scumbag just ran off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he's probably a scapegoat for how uh yeah. how
4: uh lanora got killed who, who broke in or whatever yeah
1: yeah you're right so that guy just like that got, got totally screwed <laughs> so his death is really you think about him you don't want to think about him too much it's like man that's just too bad <laughs> uh so Ashea, who's who do you got here
2: Okay, for worst death, I'll say the what the death I would least like to experience, both and the people I least wanted to die—and that'll be a trio of Lena, Harwin, Lionel, who all died by fire. <laughs> and like, I really don't want to die by fire. Uh, that sounds really <laughs> terrible. At least the dragon fire was like pretty instant, but the hall fire was like extended <laughs> yeah, and the, like, like choking and everything? choking yeah. and mm-hmm. the terror and and I was also sad to see them go, and I was too soon. Like all around, so I'll say I'll say the the fire deaths there.
1: A dragon must have three heads. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, who would be next, Hannah? It's hard for me to go backwards here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You're gonna forget. You're great. Um, I wanted to give, or I interpreted this category for um, Rainera's miscarriage. Oh. Uh, Visenya. Mm. Visenya, right, is yeah. what she names the baby. Yes. But I felt like i mean it was beautiful and also really tragic and so um watching Raynera deal with that situation and the um series of events that put her in that position Yeah. Sorry.
3: Hannah said Siri. I
0: triggered Siri again. Ah! <laughs> anyway, yeah. you need to turn that off. I've tried. Um, you can't it's not it's the, never going. It won't let me. <laughs> the different events that led to Rainera being put into an early labor and just the the whole scene with the um the child, it was just really visceral and gruesome and sad and I thought it made me feel a lot of things and it was really terrible so that's what i'm gonna give my worst death to. Mm,
1: nice okay good answer good answer sean
4: i think i have to pick emma okay i think that that was uh you know it's it's kind of not only was it kind of right off the bat in the first episode it's kind of gruesome and it was also kind of pointless like she she already had a child that could be the heir and then the Okay, fine, it has to be a boy. She has a boy, and he dies too. Like, it tears up, you know, Viserys and uh, Rhaenyra, and it kind of sets in motion a lot of the the events that go down, and it's sort of a reminder of the, the burden that's put on women, maybe more so the royal women, I guess. And I don't know, it was awful on many levels yep
1: <laughs> i'm glad that one got mentioned because that, that that's probably that was one of the hardest to watch for sure and i think i think right there right up there with the one hannah hand, which is also a, a difficult pregnancy a different delivery of a, of a yeah. child with severe deformities so yeah I, I can totally agree with that it's just uh, this kind of stuff can be difficult it's, it's it touches on some real world stuff that might be difficult to think about and uh, especially some people probably didn't want to rewatch those scenes mm-hmm.
5: how, how, how d- Zach.
1: What's that? We didn't oh, yeah, Zach. Zach. I almost moved on without Zach. Zach, who is your pick for the worst death?
3: The stag in the hunting
1: episode. Oh, oh yeah. that, that was poor terrible. stag. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> the squealing. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of rough.
0: Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I hated that scene. We had that
2: some people so
1: in the
0: chat who brought Viserys. that up,
3: too. Oh.
5: You're not
1: alone there, Zach. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, they're was... right. He
3: didn't do it right.
0: Yeah,
1: he didn't do it right. It's so yeah. another reason to pick Viserys no. for, like, best actor, because, like, it, behind the scenes, it looks goofy, because it's like a dude in a blue suit, like a Smurf, and they're just like, spear that Smurf! They were joking about it, because it... <laughs> and, and look sad about it. Yeah, it, it, look, it <laughs> looks silly when they're filming it, but then like, wow, that's magic. They make it from, like, ridiculously silly to t- totally heart-wrenching and it's not even a person so well-played tv show
2: not even a person or a real animal just a cgi creation
1: also shout
3: out to the girl that allison had killed the handmaiden
2: (laughs) she didn't have her killed
3: yeah i'm (laughs) just saying i'm just
1: throwing that out there let's move on (laughs) (laughs) so how did it work out covering 20 years in one season i mean it's never it's not going to be easy it's one of those kind of things where it's like okay this is going to we're going to have to skip things we don't want to skip. Some things are going to be casualties. We already mentioned some of them. Ten-year time jump. We we lost time, with particularly with Lionel, Harwin, and Lena. Those are the, probably the biggest casualties of the time jump. But other things, too. And there were other time jumps. As I think I've said before, they're maybe never a plus. They're just something you kind of have to do sometimes. But Zach, when we were talking to you, you said you you framed it in a way that kind of makes maybe it kind of is a plus in some light. So actually, we'll start with uh, it you. Was a total dog shit of a point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you made a good point there. You were like you thought it, it worked really well because they showed what they needed to show and were efficient and then moved on. So I'll start with you this time because yeah. you gave an answer that I uh, when we talked about it off offline this weekend was a little some, some take I hadn't heard. So uh, you can set the stage. For I just audience. felt like
3: it. It's a not a function necessarily of how it was written originally, but it's been a happy, uh, function of something that they had to do, which was they had to show the time jumps. So instead of it being something that was potentially a bad thing, it ended up giving us the vibe of having been with the show for like two or three seasons because we traveled so far with a lot of these characters and the way that they set it, and the way that they scored it, and the way that they paced it, and the way that it, they I said, I said series again. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this never happened to me. I wonder if any like, of you guys are streaming it.
2: Are having their series go on. I,
3: well, everybody at home, I'm really sorry. I, usually you have to say hey first, but apparently the computer's different. Um, <laughs> this is learning
1: your brain too well. <laughs> yeah,
3: right? You're tapping into me with the wrong learning way. Learning mode. So anyway.
1: <laughs>
3: anyway, yeah, it was just they it, instead of it being something that was maybe bad, it ended up turning into something that was not just okay or good, but actually added to the show, is really the takeaway. Yeah that yeah. oh, was great
1: i loved it right on and just to add to that fire and blood itself doesn't have a 10 year time jump but it some of the years it takes, like, one or two sentences to deal with an entire year, right? I mean, and that's not mm-hmm. abnormal for many other years. Some some of them that aren't are in the dance era, I mean, years to come before or, or after. Yeah, some years are, are several pages. Some years are a sentence or two. So those are kind of like time jumps. They're, they're not the same kind of time jump. But it, it feels mm-hmm. different when you're really getting used to a character and their personality and the acting is bringing them to life versus... The historical presentation of a character that you're skipping around on. You know, I think that, I think that's a little more jarring with a, with a character and actor you're getting used to. Sean, looks like you're ready to say something.
4: Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I think we at least touched on it. Uh, but when I was on uh, the daily DVR podcast, we talked about it a little bit more. And I, I had a thought that we, we might have complaints the other way if they had spent mm-hmm. more time, because think of the balance. Given that, they're not going to make this 15 seasons. Right? <laughs> I don't even think we actually really Why want not? that, especially when you, know, <laughs> when you consider the idea that the kids are going to age up, they won't be able to keep the cast together. Part of the same problem I think they have with the original Game of Thrones. You just can't really plan for things Brand. 10 years from, from now. Them, you
1: can
3: freeze them, can't so, you, in
1: between seasons? And they won't age. <laughs>
3: Ocean <lotion>, baby.
4: <laughs> so, so they would have had to have some of these t- t- to not have the time jumps. They would have had to make some weird, tough decisions about do we have another set of actors in between? <laughs> yeah. How do we fill this space? They're going to end up with some relatively meaningless plot lines. So, you know, some things are going to like come and go and never have mattered. Or they're going to be some sort of like, I don't know how to arbitrary suspense. They're going to try to make something feel important, but it really is only going to be this one episode. And it doesn't matter that much. I, I think that they would have had a lot of problems in the other direction without the time jumps and so i do think you lose something i do think we lost a lot of potential for character development and maybe even explanations of things that I, I can do a fine job imagining how the conversation went that got Otto back his hand right like I, I can imagine that could have been an interesting series of intriguing dialogues and conflicts between a bunch of characters maybe that could have been an episode but i don't think it was necessary and, yeah, um, good point. Okay. And so I, I think that, you know, maybe we lost something by not having that. We lost something by not having some of the kids develop better. But I, 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 it's hard to know this, but I feel like my instinct is it was worth it for the awkwardness that would have had to come making the ages match up, filling some space when it weren't highlight moments that contributed to the central plot. Uh, you know h- how to budget out how many episodes or seasons there are going to be, things mm. like that. I, I imagine the sort of challenges they had in the writers, the editors, the producers of the show trying to figure this out. And I, even if I have some complaints, I feel like they did fine. That, that's
0: right my, okay. my take.
1: Yeah, great take, Sean. Uh, Hannah, what about you?
0: Um, I would say pretty similar to what Sean is saying. I think that the biggest thing we missed out on was just all these amazing actors and actresses that we were introduced to with all these young characters i really would have loved to spend more time with them just seeing how they grew in their roles because we just had so many unbelievable characters this season um and i guess like a question that i've been thinking about and i know a lot of folks have been talking about is time jumps are seemingly not a thing that we're going to be dealing with in the future based on what like some of the actors and things have been saying and so I wonder how we're going to feel about the time jumps if we're not dealing with them
1: mm-hmm. anymore.
0: I mean, we don't know anything for sure, so, you know, but... We could go backwards or something.
1: How will we feel yeah, about so, them again in a year or two or, yeah, after yeah. after season two In retrospect, over. we might be more or less bothered by them. That's true. That's a very good point. Like,
0: I just think they did... We could have hated them so easily. Like, it could have gone terribly so easily, and I commend them for making it feel seamless and purposeful. Right on.
4: I've been trying to keep it at arm's length just to not spoil myself and so I a lot of times would become aware like right before the episode or or maybe on our podcast that there was going to be another time drop in my mind like really another one? Like every time (laughs) they're doing it again? (laughs) But then every time it happens like that was good. That was
2: fine.
1: You know, every time (laughs) I was kind of
4: surprised and worried and every time I was satisfied and content. So
1: Right on. Uh, Shea. What about you?
2: Well, I'm not a huge fan of the time jumps, but like y'all have said, we really can't know how it would have gone the other way. I think it's quite a gamble for them to be confident in their story and to be a little slower with it. Because I don't think that the battle at Storm's... I don't think the fight at Storm's end needed to be the end of the season. Like, that's what they chose and what they wanted to, but I don't think that that was, like, make or break, in other words. So, like, I don't think it had to happen. I think some time jumps had to happen, but maybe a little more less. And ultimately, I think I'm still holding out some hope for a flashback. Like, I, I would like to see a flashback in the future. Again, I, I it might not make sense organically but i feel like starting off like each season like the first episode of the season with like a flashback or something like i feel like there's ways that they could do it in a way that it wouldn't take people out of the story and would give us a little more time with these younger actors again i i think I I don't know. I I don't know if I think it's at all likely to happen. But if it happens, I think I'll feel a lot better about the time jumps, I Mm. guess, because like, especially when you consider that, like, some of these younger actors will have aged naturally. So, like, let's say there's young Amond and young Helena and Aegon. If they're a little bit older in two years and they want to oh, do a flashback yeah. and they're actually at the age, like... That I, would fit I, I really well, yeah. I, it, 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 I mm. could, in retrospect, really like that they set up the ability to have these actors on top, but I don't expect that. I just hope for it.
3: That's a good point, yeah. That's such a neat idea. Yeah. And... Keep doing the same thing, <laughs>
2: but you know, because like we we, we got that in Game events. of Thrones, we saw like young yeah. Cersei, like they they they, they use the yeah. prologue type thing, like if you.
3: are so saying like Millie in season two, yeah,
2: exactly. Like if we see like my my Whoa. my picture was like we could see. Yeah my picture was seeing like yeah Allison and and Rainier are, like a young scene with those two together to give context to something like with them in a future I don't know. I feel like we could see young like the
3: wedding like yeah. the we could
2: see and wedding.
4: Helena get married. Yeah,
2: something like that. Like I I feel like yeah. there's room. Right. If they have this cast in their in their back pocket in the roster so to speak, they've cast them already. It seems like if they wanted to they could give us a little scene with them. Like, if they yeah. again, if they look at, oh wow, these characters were really popular. like these actors were really popular. They might be more likely to do that. I don't know. Like I, I really think that, like it's a long shot and unlikely, but I hope so.
1: well, here's a reason why it may not be mean maybe less of a long shot, something you may not have considered is the opening scene, yes, was a flashback. and but it was it's not just that they had a flashback to start the show. It's that they had, emma darcy narrate it yeah she was telling someone that Mm -hmm. she was like my father blah 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 i I half expected to see the completion of that scene at some point at the end like she's talking to her children uh maybe Mm -hmm. that's yet to come so i i think they left the door open for that i don't know that i don't know like you i have would not predict it but i don't think they've you know it's done anything to indicate it won't absolutely will never happen either so i think we can uh, maybe a little optimism and price says i agree the jumps actually helped like sean is saying in the show did such a good job not letting any second go to waste every scene is set up yeah yeah I think, I think overall people were like, yeah, they're not great, but they did a good job with them as far as time jumps go. Like, if you have to have time jumps, they, those were solid time jumps. Like, maybe better to not have them, but given the source material, it's hard to imagine without <laughs> having some time jumps.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's move on here. Oh, actually,
2: I will say one more thing about the time jumps. I do wish that we had had young Damon and young Viserys. I personally wish we'd gotten a recasting. There's still time. You know, I guess you're right there, but, like, we saw Viserys many years before, and it it caused confusion for Sean towards his age, and I don't know. I I feel like if you're going to recast the characters, like, the Great Council scene maybe could have been recast, but that's just my other thought.
1: Right on. Um, Okay, so one more question before our halfway break, and we'll, our second half will contain a little bit deeper questions. We're getting into some of the themes and some of the recurring items that we'll talk about, like misunderstandings, communications, uh, dragon lore, including lack of control and characters, and a few more silly questions like favorite non-dragon animal <laughs> in the show. All right, well, let's see. This. So this question is, what is your... F- biggest surprise or favorite surprise of the season. We'll, we'll stay in reverse order. I'll say an easy one. Um, I'm assuming you guys are going to pick some of these other ones there's some pretty straightforward low hanging fruit here that were very surprising that if we don't name them it'd be almost uh, a surprise <laughs> but I'll just start off with Viserys' sweet sweet Valyrian model That uh-huh. no way we could have seen that coming and maybe it wasn't a surprise like whoa Valyrian model but it was a surprise like oh what is that oh that's a Valyrian model and it was there it was a kind of omnipresent each episode it grew larger just about and then it started to have cobwebs and a rat and now we're sad because we're like well what's going to happen to it next so it had a lot of it actually had some storytelling power with it because it was, it was like what well, viserys was focused on when he probably should have been doing other stuff and but it's also really cool because <laughs> we're like well we don't want to we maybe he should be governing more but oh we don't want him to give up on this either like spend time on this also like definitely keep up with this model um, Ashaya, what what about you? What was your what, what's a surprise you wanted to highlight or something you thought was really particularly fun?
2: I did um really like the Lenore not being killed. Hmm. I had been honestly kind of dreading the public reaction to like after having a gay guy brutalized and killed, then like immediately afterwards having another <laughs> gay guy like <laughs> yeah, I rough, get yeah. like it's everyone dies in this show, but it is like I just knew that the public was going to have controversy over it. Like I was mostly dreading the public reaction to it, because that is a trope.
0: Yeah. It just
2: is. Um It's not House of the Dragon's fault that it's a trope, but it is. Um And so I appreciated their change there, as much as I'm curious how that's going to pan out, ultimately, and the jury's out with how well it was not executed (laughs) you know but uh like the the jury's out for me like if they actually wrap that up in a way and follow up with lanor i'm more on board with it if they just kind of like wrote him off and we never see him again i'm less happy with that surprise but either way i i overall was pot was for it um cool and I I know I'm supposed to say one, but I still have to give a special shout out to
0: Helena. (laughs) I just appreciated her in general.
1: What about you, Hannah? Who's your pick? Or what's your pick?
0: Um, I'm going to get my pick to kind of a more broader theme, but I would say I was most surprised by just the use of prophecy Mm, in House of the Dragon and how thoughtful it was. I felt like with the Ice and Fire prophecy, with the Dragon Dreams, I was worried that they were not going to be able to or that they wouldn't go deep into what makes Game of Thrones so magical. But they really did a great job, in my opinion, in sprinkling in this like deep magic and lore and history, um, for lack of a better word, that I felt like um, I was worried that we would maybe get brushed over or it's a prequel, so it's going to be cheap or um, not as thoughtful as maybe it is in fire and blood so i was very pleasantly surprised with how they handled some of the more mystical aspects right
1: on yeah it was a really big part of the story you're right it drove the story really well almost better than original game of thrones did which is kind of weird because they had more like the prophecies there were bigger and more present but they didn't use them as much (laughs) except for like melisandra and stannis it was quite a big part of that uh zach what would you pick here
3: um, I think you guys have a great little list here in the doc. Um, I agree with this, the Shea. The Lanor fake out was a true surprise because it's not in the source material. Um, same with the Rainies Melees thing. But uh, I'd say I was probably the most shocked by the um, intro not changing. Oh.
2: Like,
3: hmm, interesting thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, good true. call. Yeah. That's true.
1: Right on. Okay.
2: I was surprised by that too.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised when it came on. I was like, "We're doing this." Okay. I have to
2: say, I have a little, little part of me that's hopeful that, like, that was the intro for season one, and that they'll change <laughs> it for season two just because, like, they didn't have the painted table set up yet, and now that that's been set up, <laughs> and the Valyria model is probably not going to be very featured in season two, so like.
3: <laughs> I don't. I, there's a
2: little bit of me that like I know that I shouldn't
3: give them a, a, a way to get out. Yeah,
2: I've given them an out. I'm saying it now. <laughs> yeah. You, got, you yeah. have an out. You have an excuse for why you change. Take it, it guys. James. Take it. Everyone hates the intro. Yeah. It's like not clear enough. <laughs> I have. I literally don't know anyone that's like, oh yeah, it's a hit. It t- right. t- teaches me so much every episode. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Love that Game of Thrones intro, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> original original one? show that's has a... the better intro.
1: I think. Old I think 90 yeah. of people would pre- or something like that. If I were to predict the vote, it would be. Uh,
5: <laughs> yeah
4: it was a neat idea for house of the dragon but i don't think it was executed as well as it could have should have yeah that, right just making the symbol a little clearer small yeah yeah if they if they had been just closed in a little bit more and held it a little bit longer
1: well sean what's your pick for biggest surprise here? classic <laughs> well
4: i probably have a couple uh answers you guys might not have had in your radar because i didn't know the books at all yeah um, yeah you're you're your for me yeah it's a huge surprise for me for uh Luke to slash all aegon's eye that oh, was like Aemond. holy crap oh. sorry Aemon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I guess that was uh, a big surprise. And <laughs> for uh for Luke to get killed yeah and too those are both like holy crap I was not expecting those things at all um yeah I have to pull I'd be curious
1: to pull more unsullied people uh, uh, your, your answers here are particularly interesting
4: um I, I, a couple other that I don't, maybe are related to being unsullied I don't know I was pleasantly surprised overall that the show was more of a drama i was Mm. my 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 biggest concern kind of going into this they wanted to they chose this because they wanted a bunch of over-the-top dragon action they thought that would be popular and successful and it's not what i wanted and i feel like they gave me what i wanted i'm surprised that the the dragon action has been relatively minimal and the focus has been on drama and characters so um happy surprise and one last surprise i gotta mention here so i'm stealing some extra answers but <laughs> this one does come from my sort of i'm generally unsullied but i still have these sort of like vague notions like i, I knew i i've heard of Daemon targaryen i know there is a dance of the dragons that i guess is a uh you know a civil war that's going to happen it's becoming more clear as i watch this i'd heard of like the blacks and the greens but i had i didn't even know that it had anything to do with Dance the Dragons or his time period or anything, where that's become more clear now. But the thing that, that, that I kind of had this vague idea of that I'm really surprised about how it's playing out in the show is that Kristen Cole's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not like the hero, but I thought he was going to eat babies or something. <laughs> he's not quite the... He may the, as well like have. Like, so through. far, he he's well standing have. up to the old white banker. He uh, <sighs> he, he put down the, 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 the lying... Cop, right? Like, he's like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sean. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, no, uh, this is something. Who
4: to Queen? Like, we, we're going to have,
1: on, we're gonna have to have a whole episode <laughs> on. Which Queen, We're going to have to have a whole episode on Kristen. But no, we, which I think we were planning on doing anyway, because the characters that generate the most discussion, it'd be good to kind of like line it up and, and really just get into it. Because we kind of, every once in a while we talk about it, it comes up and we, we spend a few minutes on it, but it'd be good to kind of really focus on that topic. Because you, you do have a point. Like, Kristen, book Kristen is worse than show Kristen so far. And I, I'm, again, that's a smokescreen, not me saying it will get better or worse. Just. Not committing one way or the other, and I also don't know because they could change some things, right? And there's interpretations from within Fire and Blood, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that those of us who came in with the preconceived notion are are, are put him up a, a notch or two higher on the bad scale than than he perhaps deserves.
4: And and again, it's hard to it's hard to even have a complete conversation with me because you don't want to spoil right, stuff, right. But and, and I don't really know because I haven't read the books, but it it seems clear to me despite all that, the show is trying to keep it a little bit more balanced. They're trying to make it so that people might choose one or the other, or might still look up to one, even though they did this thing. I I feel like, uh, they I think they know what they're doing, right? They're going to have some, some, uh, Game of thrones joffrey's or ramsay's like they're gonna have some straight up villains like laris seems to be but they're gonna have these characters that are sort of gray like the hound or whatever that they, they do some bad things but they do some good things and yeah. it's hard to decide or no and maybe it's easier to decide when you see how it completes right like at first i was kind of a fan of tywin until i realized he committed genocide I'm like, <laughs> well, the, you know, whatever positive thing i thought i saw him is wiped out by that terrible thing so if krista and cole you know, burns down a castle with a hundred orphans in it. ok, he's clearly a bad guy. But so far, they're not doing that. I feel <laughs> yeah. like they're keeping him on the edge. So.
1: right on. <clears throat> well said. okay. um, here's a word from <laughs> the official Lord of the Rings Rings of Power podcast. I've been listening to this show. It's quite informative, and host Felicia Day has a guest every episode. Usually an actor, someone very closely associated with the show, they can ask in-depth questions and get really in touch with what was going on behind the scenes, what these different actors are doing to bring their characters and Middle Earth to life. And Felicia Day really knows her stuff. She's an extremely enthusiastic host. Seems very happy to be talking about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Someone she was raised on it with, like her father read it to her, things like that. So she's a very long, endearing love of it. And she's very good at talking. She's a natural at discussing things geek. Each episode of the podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners as well. It seems like a recurring feature they have right at the end. So where they have J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay come in and talk about a little bit of each episode. There's one episode that corresponds to each episode of the show. You could potentially do like a rewatch and listen to each episode of the podcast alongside it to see, you know, what little things are are shouted out, what little Easter eggs were present, things like that. Felicia goes behind the scenes a lot, not just the Easter eggs, but other interviews with cast and crew and jaw-dropping stories that you couldn't have possibly suspected. So... Watch the Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now.
4: Or, yes. How long are those episodes? Is these?
1: They're only about 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I haven't listened to the whole season yet, but the first two were about that long. It's possible they get longer. But yeah, I think the first one was 35 minutes and the second one was almost exactly the same.
2: Or you could do what? Many people have told me that they did after I brought it up last week, which is watch or listen to a podcast for a show you've never seen. Yeah. Which I made that joke last week and people replied and said I do that. And I was like, okay then.
0: Good for you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, I would recommend watching and listening, but hey, you can just listen <laughs> if you want. That is totally valid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a bold choice. Yeah. I
2: know. Okay. I think it's so interesting.
1: <laughs> I have done that not with shows, but I've listened to like to the show I listened to. Well, I haven't listened to it recently, but I've listened to a lot in the past. Is the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, and oh. they review once they finish the Lovecraft library, they moved on to other stories. And sometimes I'm just like, what do they have to say about this story that I've never even heard of? So like, let alone read. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're
2: one of those weirdos. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess
1: I belong in the weirdo group, but yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, let's get back to our questions. Speaking of other shows, with, with Rings of Power here in the recent rearview mirror of our discussions here, what's something that House of the Dragon is doing that explains its success as compared to other fantasy shows or shows in general? We don't have to be critical or trash other shows, but why is it standing above? Why is it doing so much better? Like from a purely viewer perspective, not even like what we like or what we don't like what is making it succeed as compared to other shows
2: incest
1: incest that's clearly it must we be follow incest.
2: like the, the various um unsavory websites <laughs> i have it on good authority that incest is popular
1: it's the only thing that game <laughs> of thrones has that these other things don't have It's incest. we found the missing <laughs> ingredient here sean what do you th- let's start with you this time
4: yeah, I've got a couple of immediate answers. One is name brand recognition. That helps. Right? Sure. And there are some other shows that also have that, like Lord of the Rings or Witcher or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones has it at this moment in time, maybe more than anything else. I don't know, you know? that it has
1: a bigger uh, name recognition than Lord of the Rings. It might. Maybe it not might.
4: Lord of the Rings, but it's on par. And Lord of the Rings is also successful. So Yeah, uh, very true. <laughs> Although Lord of the Rings budget is way, way bigger. So I, I, <laughs> That's I, for sure. Not the game, not the House of Dragons budget is small. Man, watching it behind the scenes on that, uh, it sparks another answer I have is that they're really making it, I don't know, on, 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 on a bunch of levels. Mm. You know, the, the sort of, uh, effects and production and, and, and sets and the crew that they have involved is, you know, it's, it's kind of not fair to other <laughs> shows just can't get that kind of commitment, you know, uh, to, to produce something so epic. Um, but uh, another thing it does, I think I, I want to believe it's what I said a minute ago is there's much more focus on these characters and their drama. I think even when there is action, we care more about it when we care about the characters involved, when we like understand what's at stake, when we feel their motivations, when we're rooting for one thing to happen or another, just like, two people are running around with swords and horses or whatever. If we don't know where they're going or what happens if they win or who loves them and who, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like you need all that to matter. And I think that they're getting the right ratio of setup to payoff. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, whereas I think a lot of other, especially fantasy shows, it, it's, it seems like the point of them is to have this action. I guess we need some backstory where house of the Dragons seems like, we're going to develop all these stories and plot lines. I guess we'll have some action too, you know?
1: Right on. Well said. Uh, Zach, so that you were out, out of the room for just a second the question is what's something house of the dragon is oh, doing. Okay. So what, what would you, how would you answer this question?
3: I think that the main difference is that the universe of George R. R. Martin and HBO's done it for a while too, which is why they fit so well, um, presents on these genres in a way that, provides a, an approach from modern people that actually uh, is what they're thinking versus a, a sort of childlike approach to a subject hmm. or to a genre. It, it, it's still within the genre, but it's like a smarter version of what pe- the characters are actually thinking, like more of the subtext. And if I hate to keep comparing it back to the Rings of Power, but you can compare it to a ton of things. Witcher has a lot of that too, because Geralt is pretty uh, emotive. And uh, his bard and him have a lot of uh, frank conversations, but there's not a lot of frankness that happens in Rings of Power. Mm. It's kind of close. It's kind of close between Durin and Elrond. But in general, I think that um, Game of Thrones has always, and like I said, the, the HBO prestige TV is, it is basically defined by that, existing within these genres and having a very uh, sort of like a live character or a set of alive characters that have really honest and frank conversations about subjects. And so it can be... Uh, turned into the artistic version of that by the way that they film inside of the Red Keep instead of the way that Lord of the Rings would do it magical like the way that walking into the Citadel and the original series looked like it's always like that they'll just have like little shots of the hallways and stuff in House of the Dragon or in Game, Game of Thrones and it feels like it's a ground level like you're actually there versus it being some uh, mythic tale like Sword in the Stone being presented to you hmm. I think the TV audiences like it because we're not, we're all both not that smart and way smarter than when fairy tales were popular.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well said, Zach. Hannah, how would you answer this question? What's something you've noticed that you think lets House of the Dragon stand out?
0: I would say, in agreeing with both what Zach and Sean said as well, I would also include that I feel like House of the Dragons really accessible for anybody who either isn't familiar with Game of Thrones or who isn't familiar with just, like, the world or the Targaryens or even fantasy in general. I felt like they... Uh, made the series just super easy to get into. You didn't need any background or story or prior knowledge to be able to jump in and that's largely due to the fact that it's a family conflict and that it's a familiar kind of um, issue between friends and family that you would see in your day to day. So, Hmm.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, fighting over power is a little simpler than some of the things that get fought over in some of these other shows. Like The power is a little more Supernatural or vague, maybe,
2: so I'll give I think uh yeah. go ahead, Sean,
1: oh, I just wanted to say both what Zach
4: and Hannah were saying, or something that was kind of in my mind, too is it is a little more relatable, it's a little bit yeah, more relatable yeah
1: that yeah. that's a great point, yeah,, Michelle? yeah,
2: and so I'll give a real answer. I was joking about the incest, um, I do feel like there's a little element <laughs> where like uh House of the Dragon Game of Thrones, like they do get a little a little freaky with things, and I think people do like that, like. Other ones. Yeah. Other things are a little bit sanitized ultimately. Okay, I, think yeah. that, I think that there is an element of that, um, but I was mostly joking. And I, I will say I think it does come down to like the world building and the and and the world itself, which is that this is very clearly like a really well well lived in and fleshed out world. And like That also comes across when it comes to the costuming and the props and the set design and production and all that. Because, like, I look at something like Rings of Power or Real of Time and they just look clean and new and not lived in to me. There's just something about Mm -hmm. the visuals of it that it does not look, it doesn't have this grimy, real sense to it and i think that's something that star wars did really well with too which is giving us this lived in (laughs) worlds um and i'll also say i think game of thrones and house of the dragons stands apart in that they're very adults and we've talked about it before and that like you think about like the biggest fandoms in the world and they're by and large children can watch it even rings of power lord of the rings or even wheel of time i think honestly or like oh, yeah. again you compare it to marvel or so other things star wars a kid could watch that you can take your your 8 year old child and see that you you just you wouldn't do that for game of thrones for house of the dragon and i think that does make the fandom the fan base the experience different to me
1: um very well said so yeah
2: i'll say realism the uh, not being sanitized being very adult i think goes a long way
1: Great takes, y'all. I'll say, y'all left me with an easy one, so I'll take it George R. R. Martin. I mean, they're drawing off of the writing of him. You know, I mean, you could say, yeah, Rings of Power is drawing off of J.R. Tolkien. That's great, but they're not. They're drawing off of his notes, not his full writing. That's the difference. Like, yes, the original movies drew off that. The Hobbit did, but Rings of Power is drawing off of like the appendices, which is great stuff, but it's not prose, right? They don't have dialogue that they can insert, like, even from how even Fire and Blood has some great dialogue they can insert, unlike A Song of Ice and Fire. So, yeah, I think that's a big, big strength. Um, maybe an easy, again, this, easy thing to pick, but it, it's important.
4: This may seem blasphemous to a lot of people, and are not even very confident in the statement. But Martin might be writing better yeah. stuff than Tolkien. You know, like just to each his own. I would say so. From a more, just being from a more modern time is that helps. Yeah. <laughs> There's just more knowledge, a more base of experience for a writer to have and to work with. They're more likely to be in touch with modern issues and, and uh, That's a good concerns, point. et cetera, et cetera. So.
1: Yeah, and you can tell like the way A Song of Ice and Fire has been written, there has been some changes in the way George writes over time. You can tell, men, we're more touched, t- tapped into those changes. Like if we were Tolkien scholars, we might notice that the way he wrote in early in his career, we might notice differences to later in his career. Um, But Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't be as like I Tolkien grew up in an era where differences
3: in the books at that point. Yeah. Go on.
1: Well, like Tolkien didn't grow up in an era of internet where like he was getting you know son's to- information all the time. George is in this era where you know he's his more information is at his fingertips and it's just a different world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a more easy question. Let's let's have a little fun with this one. Favorite non dragon animal used in the show? Y'all might not realize there were quite a few. I mean there was the stags, there was a boar, there was rats, there was a pig, there was crabs, there were lots of horses, there were lambs, there was a goat that got torched at the dragon pit. Um, so plenty of answers possible here. I, I kind of named most of them, I think, already, for y'all to pick from. But we'll go back to... Uh, Sean, you're back to first here. What's your favorite non-dragon I animal?
4: I don't think there were any cats. I don't if, remember if seeing were, a cat. Yeah, I can't remember. So, like... I, I think the scene with the stag has gotta be my favorite, uh, I think my favorite the white one or the brown the one non Dragon The brown okay. one with the stars had <laughs> oh, to yeah. kill it. we talked about that or I really did. That scene was amazing on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um but, but I like horses. They're like my... F- cats and horses are my favorite animals. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm tempted to pick... Do I have to pick a certain horse?
1: The one that fell oh, on yeah. Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: That's my least favorite horse. Screw that horse. <laughs> no.
3: We ruled that you know, one out. <laughs> but,
4: by the way, minor side note. Uh, going back and watching the first couple episodes, I was reminded that we speculated a lot. They made several points about the smell of dragons. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. we were wondering... How that was going to come into play—that someone was going to be like caught having been on a dragon when they weren't supposed to, or something—and it never did, or did? It may have that. Damon? No. Did Damon know the smell of the dragon on him was going to spook that? maybe he
1: rubbed dragon all over himself. He's like did this on (laughs) Caraxes, smearing his body all over. (laughs) Like, nope, that's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, what was not dragon thing? Exactly. <laughs> not, not a
3: thing for you, TV. but <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. That'd be another thing to talk about. What were are gonna say? Z? I was gonna say your
1: pick now. What's your animal call out here?
3: I'm gonna go opposite of Sean. I mean, I I I still can look at the white heart, almost the gif. Even the cropped gif makes me feel stuff. You know, I know it's just a TV show. It's not prose like you said, and that wasn't even in fire and blood. But what they made up was, I love that. I like the. I like when imagery is so symbolic that it is inarguably definitive of something that should exist in the universe and like that is what that was looking at the camp from the crest line after that weekend let's call it even though it was a day and then there's the white <laughs> heart that Otto was talking about the whole time my god Zach,
4: Zach do you want to rub yourself all over that white elk
3: scent? I would love to <laughs> you can velvet on me all you'd like
1: <laughs> that's my patronus Sean. <laughs> Sean. Hannah what's your pick here
0: Hmm. Oh sorry, is that my chance? Yes. Turn? Yeah. Okay, we skipped out for a second. Um I'm gonna give my favorite animal to the pink dread. Yeah. <laughs> both,
1: would have picked that if you both, hadn't, you're,
2: when, you're exactly
0: right. Yeah. Sorry, Ashea. <laughs> both when they introduced him to Amon, and then also later dread, when dread. the pig was brought in front of Amond and everybody was laughing and he lost his mind. So <laughs> shout out I just, to the Pink Dread.
4: I just don't want Pink to be thought of as dreadful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Sean Pink Dread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh Shea, you're
2: next. Okay, I would have said the pink dread cuz I did love <laughs> the, the the high concept pranking. <laughs> I appreciated that. Um I did really like the decision to have Helena be into the various bugs and all that and like her holding spiders and just like that whole like so not like I'm not no shout out to any particular bug that she had, but just that interest of hers. But I'll give one more mention which was to the crabs, which was it, I name for two reasons. One, I learned that crabs will eat people, which I did not know was a real thing. Um, so that was educational, and two, I saw a really funny video edit on Twitter of of Matt Smith when he's in like Morbius or whatever, and he's like shirtless dancing. So it's it's him dressed like that, and they edited on like the silver hair and have him dancing. Like they use like green. I don't. Know, they had him dancing in front of all these crabs, just like tons <laughs> of crabs, and like this really funny song plays, and like I, I it was just a a big highlight. For me, it was Damon cr- dancing with crabs? <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I'll have to find that that um, video and send it. To Shout
1: y'all. out as well to the rats, uh, Sean. You noticed those lambs sure. to the slaughter at the Dragon Pit. Those were that was a good catch, and we uh, book readers noticed. There's there's a per- perhaps more potential setup in that moment as well. I'll say the pug for a similar reason you said, Shea, because mm-hmm. it was educational. Like at, when in that moment there was like. Pugs, is that really, does that really fit the world building? And then we, we come to find out that pugs have been around since like 400 BC in the real world. Like the Chinese like started developing them yeah. a long without time those ago. those
2: snouts.
1: With those flat snouts. Without so,
2: those flat snouts. Without
1: the flat snouts. But anyway, but with a different type of flat snout. Like the, the general idea was there. Almost flat
4: so so was no one going to pick the maggots? They were trying to save Vic's life.
1: <laughs> I totally I did not think of the maggots. See? I told you yeah, there were a lot of animals this season, y'all. We didn't mention this. Yeah, we Shea put Helena's he had bugs on there. Hand in there. Yeah. I,
3: I thought they were the nicest maggots in town at least. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed. Yeah. It was the finest maggots in the
4: kingdom. There was also on the ship we saw that the sh- that the fish get chopped, I think the the scene when uh when Kristen wanted to uh, Ranieri to run off with them. Do you remember that cut? That cut scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that's true. I don't
3: remember the fish. That's a good memory. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's let's ask a prediction, sort of a prediction question. We don't usually we're we're gonna do most of our prediction type questions and answers will be next week when we spoilers are wild. But but with Harold Westerling, we have no idea. There are no book spoilers on him. He's just an open question right now. So. Again we'll start with Sean the least spoiled. Any thoughts on what Harold Westling's going to do and again you can't really be you're not guessing against expected knowledge here. None of us know. He's not his he died 15 years before in the book. <laughs> he just like dies peacefully. There's no drama behind his like old guy just passes and that's it. So here they must have other plans for him which Makes sense given it's a famous actor. There was that was a hint that he would have a bigger role. That it was Graham McTavish. but so far that bigger role hasn't materialized. So, anything you want to say about him or what you might want to just predict or guess? We're all ears because none of us really know at this point.
4: You know, I th- this might be a little bit of a letdown, but my prediction is we don't see him again. <sighs> I, I think that I think there's a a, a a combination of reasonings here. Is that I think that. There's so much is going to happen that I don't think at the end of it, he will be able to clearly choose the right one to follow or like, or agree with the quote unquote right one to follow. Does that make sense? I think the nature, like he's waiting for there to be a true King to follow. I don't know if he will ever feel there is a true King to follow. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, I don't know if they'll show that in any way, or if he just won't come. I think there's so much other stuff to focus on. There's been these time jumps that, I guess they're gonna stop, but that means a lot more stuff will happen in a shorter span of time. I won't be surprised. It's not like I. It's not like I'm convinced he's not showing back up again. I just don't quite expect it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And And maybe. uh, Yeah. yeah, Maybe they should bring
1: him back for season two. It'd be an easy way to just be like, oh well, never mind. Hmm.
4: Yeah, uh, being a bigger actor, maybe they—I don't know—maybe that's a reason to, to not bring him back. Like that, to pay more money, he's got other projects going on. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, m- maybe it's a further misleading by having a big actor. That I—I I, I don't know. I could—I can imagine a lot of angles, but my default is he doesn't come. back.
1: Okay, Zach, any prediction for Harold Wisterling? Ideas. Move on
3: to Asha next. Uh, Hannah, okay. we'll just use the bathroom. Oh though. yeah headphones are a little bit far from each other
2: all right sounds good uh for Harold westerling like i really thought there was a chance that like they were gonna crown Aegon, and that Harold was just gonna show back up like okay then now we, king, so... now we have a king now we have a king um and then i thought there was a chance he, he would sh- he said Wait, i need a king um he just took a little vacation so like i feel like that is still possible but like ultimately i think he's most likely to show up with rainera and to then die in doing something for rainera that's my prediction
1: yeah, he was kind of close to her initially, like he and. was guarding her a lot. Oh, yeah. And
2: while we have a moment, I did find the Damon Crab Dance.
1: Okay, put I put it, put on, it screen. on screen. I oh can. my gosh, good.
2: Here no. it is for y'all. <laughs> was
1: was <laughs> ten, I ten. I Put my had sad, had sad, had sad.
3: Sad. Sad. my ends Put my Put my ten,
2: Just That's hilarious. I don't know. It really delighted me. It was a, it was an edit that I loved. So I love the crabs for that.
1: That's hilarious. So okay, so uh so we got Hannah back, back yeah. to Hannah. What is your Sorry. prediction for Harold Westerling? Any ideas on what's gonna ter- what are they gonna do with his character, where he might turn up, any thoughts at all? It's a big mystery.
0: Um, if he's smart, he will just leave <laughs> and get away from everything. I think I agree I would agree with what Shea was saying about um showing up somewhere with Rainera, probably mm-hmm. either in the background or as more of a main character. Um I felt like he made a pretty bold statement, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again at her side.
1: Yeah. Zach? Astapor. Astapor! <laughs> <laughs> he's become, he's going to fully go Barriston here, huh? <laughs>
3: just look out for small little creatures on the yeah. ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. I agree with Hannah.
3: I think that's it.
1: Uh, I think Rainier uh, is where he's going to turn up, too. That just makes so much sense given who, who that's who he was attached to. The one thing I want to, that backs up what Sean is saying is that, yeah, he said, uh, there's no king, so I don't take orders from you. Why did he have to take his white cloak off? He took, he took his cloak off too. Like, if there's no king to give him orders, why does that mean he has to, like, take his garb off? Like I why mean, that's he the dis-
2: signifier of you resigned to me. But men. why is he
1: resigning though? That's why I don't get it. He's like, well, no, you can't tell me what to do. You're not the king. Why do I need, why does he have to resign? It's like, in, in, in spite of that, like, Kingsguard yeah, serve yeah. for life. You know, like, I think just you can't tell me what to yeah. do. You're not the king. I think is enough. Yeah, like he could just walk out. Why I, I, He doesn't take his cape off. You oh, know? Maybe
2: he was like, oh, I've been looking for a reason to get out of this job for yeah. a while. Like, this is my chance. <laughs> he's like, I'm I can to s- hop on it. Also got this is going to turn
1: into a war. Business. I better get out of here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> because they like, could just like get three men to hold you and put you in a cage. But if he leaves right now, he could probably get away from that because really? they're still confused. Maybe. maybe. Maybe that's what he was thinking.
5: <laughs> maybe.
4: An, an, another thought is that uh, would they have him back? Like, okay, if he's resigned. Like wh- whoever wins, especially if it's the Greens, given how he left, they might be like, "You're not in the Kingsguard anymore." You I mean, know, they in gave fact, his position you're under away. arrest.
2: They gave the Lord Commandership yeah. to Christian Cole. They he gave doesn't his, have job, his job. So you know.
1: that's another reason they're going to Rhaenyra. are
4: both Rhaenyra and uh, Allison Slash Shaggy Slash Otto, whoever, are both of them going to put six people under Kingsguard and just wait for Harold? Her- like we got to
1: yeah. hold the spot for him. That's how it's going to that, go. That's what Renly did. Renly held a spot for Barriston. So, so you, yeah, okay. like they oh know. Yeah, Good yes. he totally did. So it's possible because wow, they the they, they thought he would add everywhere. a lot to. They were like, well, if we get him, it will <laughs> add a lot wow, to our cause. If Barristan chooses us, the heroic knight, <laughs> the honorable, yeah. like him choosing, they just it would be such a big boon if they got it. So, do you
2: think there's a world in which Harold supports a third claimant, or do you think he's only he went
1: to Lainor? Yeah, he went to Lainor. He's like my king's like he's an honorable guy, but not real smart when it comes to following the line of succession? He's like, I swear, I interpreted the laws, and you are. He's like, why? Why me? Like, how did you reach that conclusion, bro? And
4: find me. Yeah. Yeah, how did you
1: find me? Like, oh, you know. So a super chat from Mr. Marmello from down in New Zealand. Of course, there's plenty of extra Tokian fans down there. Mr. Marmello says, shame, Tokian is the true king, defund.
5: <laughs> Actually, you're funding us, so thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we appreciate that, Mr. Marmello, all in good fun. I do appreciate Tokian. Tokian without Tokian, we would not have George R. R. Martin, at least not. We'd have a very different George R. R. Martin, let's put it that way. Uh, round table themes. Let's talk about a few other things here. Some of the things that we, that we talked about off and on throughout the season that we can now talk about as a whole. There'll be some more next week as well. Ones that involve spoilers like, uh, for example, we're going to talk about childbirth and motherhood a little bit more next week because next week one of our guests is a mother. So I thought that would be better to save for for that for someone that has a, a real-world experience. Lack of control over dragons and dragon lore is what we'll start here. Um... We we in the beginning, I was like, "Hey, folks, can you think of any times where history uh, in history we we credited a human for something that may have been taken by a dragon?" I want to bring that back around <laughs> because I want to talk about Drogon for a minute and remind folks of a few examples of that before we we, we shout out some answers here. Danny has very little control over him. In her *Dance of Dragons* chapters, he's going where he wants. She's just writing him like, "Okay, he's going hunting. I'm following him." She's kind of noticing things about his tendencies, like dragons' first instinct is always to attack, which we saw that with Arax in, in in sad fashion. Uh, and he's he's devastated Daznak's pit, right? He flew in, was drawn by the blood and, and chaos and so many people. He saved her in the House of the Undying, and the, the House of the Undying folks were all like, oh, a willful beast. <laughs> Shall we teach you the secret language of dragon speech? She's like, I don't trust you. You're like some trope out of a children's prophecy story. You know, <laughs> like, you're right, to now you are the chosen one. Yeah, like, don't trust that. A dragon is no slave is a repeated phrase. We love that. Balerion comes back around. You mentioned that earlier, Sean, with maybe Viserys was just intimidated by it or shown like this is a I can tell why we don't have any control just my experience here Area, who rode Balerion before he ever did and it was one of the worst things we've ever read about in Fire and Blood <laughs> it's so horrible <laughs> sure I doubt she ever felt in control at any point of Balerion of so yeah
4: remember I, I pointed out on that episode that the um, Luke kind of knew That he wasn't going to be able to control the dragon before he got on. He's like, "All right, listen, focus, follow what I say." He kind of knew that this was going to be a shaky moment, and maybe Amond also, right? It's like when
1: you own a dog and shaky too. Yeah, it's like when you own a dog that always chases squirrels, and you see squirrels, you're like, "All right, get ready to, all right, dog, you know, be in control here." (laughs) Resist nine
4: times out of ten, you might be able to keep heel, walk, sit, you know, shake paws. You know, might have control, but that one time out of ten, you don't the dog runs off and you lose it or it attacks a squirrel or another dog or whatever else, you know? Exactly. And, and I feel like maybe dogs, which have evolved with all humans all around the world for all centuries are different than dragons, which have evolved (laughs) for a little while with one race of people, you know, like a small group of them. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, I, the, the more I think about it, the more obvious it is.
1: I'll have you know that in the word dragon is contained the letters D, O, and G. So, <laughs> 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 yeah. mm-hmm. 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 so
4: my, my first thought was Hall. <laughs> oh. I wonder if Hall was intentionally burnt down by the dragon rider. The dragon just went. I bet I can do it. Well, he,
1: he <laughs> did, according to the histories, so and maybe changed it changed He he's threatened to do it. He's like, I'm going to do it. So, And he and like the entire castle was just... It's still ruined. a chance. But, but still, maybe he did more than was asked of him. I don't know. Yeah.
4: He threatened to do the thing he knew he couldn't stop his dragon from doing anyway. Oh, okay. right. he right. yeah. Yeah, leaned into it like
1: Aikido. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's
3: a good point. It's like Amon and Vagar, basically. Yeah. He's like, I, I would like to
1: remove this threat. Wait, don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let, let's ask y'all that. We, we the three of us <clears throat> regulars here, already answered this question, but Hannah and Zach, Hannah, starting with you, what do you think Amon's going to do when he lands? Is he going to tell his family he did it on purpose or is he going to lie? Or what do you think he's going to do? Is he going to just be like, ah, it was an accident? What do you think he's going to say?
0: We've been talking about this so much behind the scenes too. It's a big I open mean, question, right? <laughs> it's a big question, and I love that they gave us this question because I think that when we read Fire and Blood, it felt very Amon's a bad guy. But I feel like the way that things played out made the whole situation more heartbreaking and interesting. Yes. Um, I would have said like baby Amon would have told his mom, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know if. He, he would want to come forward with that information. You know, I I feel like it's, he's trying to be this really hard, intense guy and to admit that his dragon got away from him, I think would be a difficult thing for him to admit. So either he owns it and says he does it on purpose or he tries to play it off as um, he had nothing to do with it. I'm mm. not sure. I mean, I guess you can, I guess you could potentially argue that like, Luke fell like I don't know maybe you can't but um I I think that he's going to uh do his best to not I don't know. I mean, I for his character, I like this idea that he owns it. That he says he did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna say that. I yeah,
1: like I think- the idea of him like, what? Did Arax never come home? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I right. I wasn't yeah. I have <laughs> no idea like, what happened. Maybe he went with Lainor.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we said, we talked <laughs> gonna flip. We talked about this when we were on um, X Ray Vision this past week, and we like basically said that Aemon will come to the realize he'll 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 realize and be aware that it's better to be evil than incompetent. Yeah,
5: he doesn't want to look yeah at the exactly.
2: Um, so, but I do yeah. like the idea that Eamon d- reveals the truth to someone, to one person, whether, his whether or... that's his mother or a future partner or Helena or someone. I, I would like to that, see that. was
4: that. a That was a, a new thought that I started to have that maybe he would come back sort of ashamed or remorseful and tell Allison, and Allison would tell him, don't
1: or, or Otto, or today? someone says, no, yeah. own it.
4: Someone else will tell him. Kristen that he needs Cole, to stay.
1: maybe. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The advice could come from L. That's a very good point. He may, he may not realize it and someone else may say, no, you need to own this. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Any, any other takes on this? I'm still confused why it's better to be evil than silly. Well, evil is so cringe. Not evil silly, is
2: incompetent. Incompetent.
1: Yeah. He doesn't want to look like an, like he can't control his dragon in front of the whole realm. Like it's a philosophy. It's not something that we, you it's and I would agree look look like. with. Yeah. Word. To look
2: like it's better as someone like, in this realm to look like someone who's done a bad thing, but is a very badass person and competent than someone who just is an incompetent doofus. Like yeah. I, I do feel like yeah. that is.
3: I don't agree, uh, okay. but I understand why you might think
2: I, that. Ag- yeah. I think that it is true. For people in Westeros, I don't think that today it's better to be looked at as evil than incompetent. Yeah, I, and think I don't, think I, would look choose, at, I don't <laughs> think I would choose that to look. I would rather look incompetent than look evil. But again, I think that as a prince of the realm uh, in, in Westeros, it's better to, to look one way than the other. To Especially me. a
1: guy who was like, I hmm. would totally be king
2: yeah like, I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't think you want to look like like Bayman doesn't want to be an embarrassment. We just saw the pink dread thing and like how prickly he was over mm, feeling like he's point. made fun of. like I don't well, think that he he's to already killed that stuff. then like- <laughs> because have you
3: ever seen the way he walks around the whole place? <laughs> he already loses that.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I just think it's funny.
4: There's also a couple other uh I don't know factors this. It it doesn't have to be as extreme as evil. Like he, it, like some people might see it as evil, but he, right. he might say like ruthless. He it may he legitimately just legitimately could I didn't say mean to. right. He legitimately could say I was attacked.
1: Like tell he the truth though. Yeah, but that's the me. thing. Like would anyone exactly. believe him if he said that?
4: Right. Yeah. Like, I think if he said it truly,
1: they would. Right. He'd be like, I have Vagar. I mean, of course,
4: I yeah, do he have control I, how do you control Vagar. Control
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Right. Right. Either way, I love what you're saying. Like
3: make a difference in the rebellion. The
1: way it sets up potential future examples of this as well, and in terms of as well, it impacts the Song of Ice and Fire. It impacts future dragons. It impacts past dragons. It's it's great groundwork for all dragon lore going forward. So with that in mind as well. Let's ask a question here. (laughs) Although for actually first we have a a super chat from Dean Browns is regardless of Vagar and Caraxes seeing more in the past, no one alive is any dragon versus dragon combat, right? That has to be a whole new alien concept. Yeah. The last time a dragon fought a dragon in Westeros at this, uh, from the perspectives of these characters was about 80 years before. So definitely no one would have seen it. No one alive would have been old enough to remember it. Certainly no one involved. Maybe there's some 90 year old around who was a, you know, ten years old when it when it happened, but actually it's even more than eighty years. So uh, probably not, <laughs> because this would have been Magor riding Balerion, killing Aegon the Uncrowned, older brother of Jaehaerys and Alysanne, riding the dragon Quicksilver, and Quicksilver was slain in that exchange, unsurprisingly, against Balerion, which was it was very much Vagar versus Arax, that matchup in terms of size, like Balerion just massively larger than Quicksilver, except that. In this case, like, Aegon, like, went for it. He's like, I'm going for him. Like, I, I, Erex is just trying to, you know, Luke wanted to get away. <laughs> this is, this Aegon was like, yeah, go for it. Maybe. If they ever tell this story, maybe it'll be presented differently. Like, Aegon's like, no, are you kidding me? Get away. <laughs> and he just can't, mm-hmm. can't do it. So there's, there's potential there. Who knows how that story will be told. But so that would, that would have been too far uh, long ago to have been, um, In living memory, and it's cited as the first time that example is cited as the first time two dragons fought each other since Valyria, which tells us that there were no dragon on dragon combat in the pre-conquest era of the Targaryens on Dragonstone. They never like had some sort of internal civil war before they formed the Iron Throne, unless it did. Unless they had one that didn't involve dragon versus dragon. Maybe off the record, just Mm -hmm. daggers in the back and poisonings or something like that. Potentially, that happened. But okay. So the question after all this is, is what is, a f- what is your favorite example of dragon lore that includes dragons not obeying the commands? Um, so Sean, we'll start with you. Do you have a particular item amidst the dragon lore sphere or umbrella that you would like to cite or shout out?
4: I think just the one that we've had that sparked all this cool. is uh, valid. Amund <laughs> not, not wanting Vagar to kill Luke.
1: Zach, what would you say?
3: I think that Caraxes and Damon's uh, symbiotic relationship. Does so much for the show mm. and I think it can plant the idea of what the depths of Dragon Lore might be, much like the what the depths of Warging might be, or what the depths of your relationship with your direwolf might be, especially with Nymeria coming back in the OG series. Um in a way that I said series again. Jesus,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, I said series again. It happens a lot when you're talking OG about The Witcher show. too, because oh, there's God. a character named Siri, and he's like, "Well, Siri's sword <laughs> right. and Siri's Siri. clothing." And <laughs>
3: uh, anyway, yeah, I think their connection does a lot for like every level of viewer for the show, even people who like work on it, all the way down to people who can barely talk. They see that, and they're like, "Oh, there's so much more to this world." Nice. Hannah, what about you? They they shouldn't watch the show
0: if they're that young. I'll add just the different personalities that the dragons have to the conversation. Just how colorful and vibrant and full of personality that they are. We didn't get to see that a lot in Game of Thrones. And so I felt like House of the Dragon really delivered on letting us get to know these creatures that become bonded with their people. So I liked that a lot. Good example. Yeah. Cher, what about you?
2: Uh, I really liked it when Damon was singing his little Valyrian. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I liked it when Damon was singing his Valyrian lullaby to Vermithor. That was great. Um, both, I, I liked, I, I liked the idea that he was smart enough too to be like, Hey, this, dra- no one's been around this dragon for 20 plus years. Maybe <laughs> I want to like acclimate this dragon to humans before I have <laughs> someone try to tame it. Like, I think that was sensible of him. <laughs>
1: I I almost want to say the dragon keepers because that was a really big surprise how much like lore and and nuance they added and the fact that they don't speak common, that they all seem to be like monastic was a great touch. But I'm actually going to call that my second choice and say first was the the birth of Visenya with this interspersing of Cyrax in that, which was a really cool mm. way to show the dragon bond and the connection, the emotions that pass back and forth one way to the other in a really intense moment um, with a good, like good cinematic effect added to it. So yes, well done show lots of good dragon lore. We look forward to a lot more <laughs> of it next season. There should be even more dragons, which gives us maybe more opportunity for some new possibilities.
4: I guess I, I want to throw one more in, in the same vein of examples that we're giving how uh Balerion, Killed that little girl and uh, oh, Game of Thrones, oh, Drogon. right? Drogon, like that's, Drogon. Or Dro- yeah. sorry, Drogon. Yeah, Danny did not want him to do Very that. Good she point. does not have enough control over him to stop it. She's worried about it happening again, etc.
1: Very good point. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know
2: what? I'd say my, I have a biggest dragon disappointment, though. Okay. I really wanted to see Helena ride Dreamfire, and I really feel like we mm-hmm. might not have a chance for that going forward just because, like, I don't know when she's going to... Like Maybe maybe they'll show us just, like, oh, here's what Helena gets up to, but, like...
1: It was just very from the distance. We saw her dragon, like, in the distance, yeah. but you couldn't really see her on it. It was just, like, from you know, far yeah, away. Yeah,
2: anyway, so I, it wasn't even clear to me whether Helena rode her dragon home or whether that was just, like, the dragon rode with them and she was on the ship, to be honest. I guess I I didn't really consider that idea so about it's whether... it's possible, but... Yeah. I, I don't know why. I I, I just... Anyways, um... So that, that is, I, I, you know, I would like to see more of that. do a lot for
3: her character. Yeah. If mm-hmm. She flew her dragon, like, a lot.
2: Yeah, I know. I would like to see, like, oh, Helena's always out on her dragon. Or just, like, how she loves her bugs yeah. and her critters. Is like, I would, I would like to see flies that. flies
1: through the sky. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: Um, so. Okay, just a few more questions, and then we'll call it a stream, my friends. Got a few good questions left. Let's hit him with everything we've got. Misunderstandings (laughs) and miscommunications is a big recurring part of season one. Uh, for example, Viserys's dream, the miscommunication or vagueness around what Damon actually said with the air for a day. Kristen Cole's confession, which goes very much in the, it's like she's trying to like feel him out about Rhaenyra and Damon. And it's like, I did it I'm like, wait, well, you did it. Uh Joffrey and Kristen <laughs> to related situation. And then engineering the misunderstanding with Lenor, tricking everybody or say Allison and Lari's and yeah, careful what you ask for, right? <laughs> like you want your father back? Hey, okay, I'll kill my dad and brother for you. Mm-hmm. Or as Sean you suggested, as a just as a as a one that deserves a shout out, Rainier, uh going to Kristen, right? Or coming to Kristen, uh, as you say, no pun, no pun intended, right? <laughs> uh, let's 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do a reverse order this time. Uh, I- I'll go with the Kristen Cole's reference. confession. I just like how smooth that was. It was, it was one of the big like moments. We were all really anticipating people who read fire and Blood, Like, how are they going to do this? Who slept with who, who go turns against who first and who, how does it all filter through the court? Like who knows what? And I thought that was really well handled because it was, it was something they could have mishandled. Something that was very tricky. Uh, they had a lot of choices, which, is part of why i think they could have easily messed it up given there's so many ways they could have handled it and that was a really fun believable way to handle it like she's beating around the bush and he's all in his own head about it and thinks they're kind of on the same wavelength it was very human it was like a big deal but the way it was portrayed was like yeah i could see the conversation going like that so i thought it was just really well done really simple but really big michelle what about you what's your favorite moment of miscommunication or misunderstanding
2: an interesting one for me. I kind of want more time. I, I, can, can I don't mind going please, on if please you want go more Sean. time. Please go, Sean.
4: Okay. Uh, I, I like the idea that um, uh, the I, I, I think it counts it that uh, Allison just wasn't getting that Otto and the whole council were, were already already had this plan. You know, mm. I, that's that's not quite the same as a miscommunication, misunderstanding. But I think it's in the same realm that she was like, "Wait, what do you guys?" <laughs> you know, I, I thought that was a good moment. and that's fair. Partly, to count that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one one reason that I like it, and also why I believe they did it, is because they're trying to keep Allison from being so clearly a bad guy. Yeah. Just like I think they're doing with Kristen Cole, they're trying to like keep her on the at least the, the 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 debatable the gray area you know she's not this clear villain that she is surprised that they would do something so traitorous and it, her reason is more about this other miscommunication from visarus as he's dying mm-hmm. but that she's genuine like she really believe even if she's mistaken or biased or clouded or whatever but she does genuinely believe that's what Vasaris wanted, and that's what's motivating her. And she doesn't want war. She doesn't want to hurt Rhaenyra. She's she's not worried about the yeah. realm accepting a woman. It's just what her husband wanted, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, right on. Okay,
2: I guess I'll say mine. I guess I'll say the air for a day. As honestly, I don't really like the miscommunications or misunderstandings as um, a conceit very much. Like I mm. get why it's tragic. I get why they do. Like, I get it. But it's really frustrating to me mm-hmm. as a viewer to be like, if you just said something a little bit like <laughs> it's, it makes me want to like strangle this TV like it makes me really frustrated. Like every one of these I think about it, I'm like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that. That was the case, really. Um I kind of think it's a cop out in some cases, though I do get to, I do feel like sometimes it adds a, a certain level of tragedy that's frustrating so i'm gonna say air for a day because it doesn't do that it instead Mm. is playing very much with uh not showing us what happened on screen and allowing us to fill in the blanks of how we think damon said it so rather than (laughs) it like being the cause of like a big misunderstanding it was kind of just like i I don't know it it didn't have as many ramifications it did have big ramifications like it got damon named not to be named as not air so like I, I don't know why it's different for me, but it feels like a different sort of miscommunication, I guess, because I kind of think Damon was being shitty there. Well, maybe because you partly it mean? was
1: spun a little by Otto, maybe. Yeah, like, it was spun a little, yeah. but, like, the
2: root was still there. It wasn't complete mm-hmm. spin. It wasn't a complete miscommunication. Like, I, Damon did say that, but he was also consoling himself. That, uh, yeah, that
1: himself. makes it more of a misunderstanding, I guess, because, yeah. they're like, they're assuming what was in Damon's heart or mind when he was saying that, but really... And,
4: and same he? thing with Otto in this scenario. I, it's not like he knew the truth of it and manipulated it. He he said, he's like, all accounts report this as a celebration. Yes. And the bit that we saw of it did look like a celebration, except we did see Damon kind of sulking. Mm-hmm. And then Massaria yeah. kind of pulled him out of it and he made his little speech. But anyone watching that whole scenario would have seemed like Damon was celebrating and Damon's got to account for this. Visaurus did say at one point, like you should have the, been seen. The perception, yeah. the perception is as important as the reality, yeah. you know, and it's something that, uh, you know, sometimes these miscommunications and misunderstandings, I agree with you, Shay, like are can be kind of cop outs to make a storyline go in a certain way, which makes me appreciate the ones that don't actually have that many particular ramifications, which i I think and I think a lot of them actually are that way. This is a little bit of a tangent of a thought I've had, but I've been trying to think of the different sort of coincidences, these like moments of like, oh, if only. But I, I had this thought a lot in the original Game of Thrones series, and almost all of them, it some other similar thing would is gonna end up happening anyway. Mm-hmm. There's too many pieces with momentum that sometimes these little moments these little flares of an error or a temper or whatever that seem like they trigger stuff it's really that was just the one that did it but one of them was going to do it It was inevitable that a thing like that was going to happen
1: yeah i, I and, hear you yeah that makes sense
4: and and i think that's kind of similar damon if this air for day didn't happen some other thing was going to happen auto was already by the way once again minor change i do want to point out auto the green that blacks don't like, that probably a lot of people wouldn't, anyone who supports the blacks doesn't like Otto, wouldn't want to do what he says. Otto is the one that convinced Visaras to name Renera as their... Mm -hmm. Otto is the one that didn't want Kristen Cole on the (laughs) the, the (laughs)
1: Kingsguard. Yeah. Uh. All right, let's All right. get back to this question. Okay,
2: can I say we got have someone in the chat, L, who said they named when Otto thought Viserys wanted to have supper in the morning. I <laughs> <laughs> That's,
1: <laughs> That's a really morning. good one. That's yes. a really good one. All right, Hannah, what's Come your on. pick here? Yep. What's your pick?
0: Um, I want to say that just the misunderstanding that really built the foundation of Allison and Rainier's relationship that essentially spurred so much Ooh. of this conflict Ooh. I felt like it was so true to teenage girl dumb to have the two of them basically talking past each other so often and to Ayesha's uh, point, how frustrating that was to watch. I felt like it was really believable in, especially when they were so young, not just being able to connect despite them having conversations with each other. I thought that was really believable and that's a broad answer. No, yeah, no,
1: no, that's, yeah, that's, that's good, good. Zach, what about you?
3: I thought that people didn't really understand how much Jason Lannister really cared about.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: he was willing to build her a dragon pit. He's going
3: to build a dragon pit. You seen how big that serious is? Serious Ex-
1: expense.
3: I mean, about, that is think no about small the scale, thing. Of what that would take up within Lannister's port. I mean, we're talking businesses,
1: coffee shops,
3: <laughs> hotels. Now that's a parking garage. Now that's a
1: job creator right there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's what I'm saying. He was he was putting the realm first. Right here should. I like all up you guys are saying. <laughs> anything with the jamie Lannister energy of him of knowing that he took down the mad king for a good reason and then everyone else including someone that should have been the first person to sing his praises but that he fucked up in saying that uh or in doing that not correcting him that not correcting people thing because it's like oh if you don't know you're not worth it mm. that is rampant and hot d yeah and uh it's it's less bad coming from viserys because he's most of the people are his children, even his wife. They're like the age of his children, <laughs> and he. So he's like helping them, you know, reach conclusions, <laughs> and so he's not being too heavy-handed. But uh, Damon is just like Viserys in that regard, where um, the air for a day thing is a, a direct example of it. Uh, but it seems like Rhaenyra understands him the mo- understands him the, mo- the most, and was always able to see through that and mm. see who that person is. And so that is probably why they have such a good friendship so just food for thought for everyone that there's probably like some unspoken stuff if you just paid a little bit extra attention maybe you'd find an answer
1: (laughs) yeah right on well said well point good said y'all okay let's like our last question the uh, another major theme of the season recurring pattern recurring character trait denial a failure to see x for what or who they really are. The dragons are a great example. Viserys is like, we are not seeing the dragons for what they really are. We don't have the control over them. We expect we do. Denial can, of course, feed misunderstandings and miscommunications. So these, these themes very much overlap. So in many ways, it is an arch theme of the season. Damon himself is a meta example of this. Not only does, does, does Viserys and others deny who he is in certain ways, like deny the kind of person he really is. But the fandom does that. Like I feel he's a great example of things like like Sean you pointed at. It. I was like why is Damon not get more criticism? Like he's entertaining. No doubt he's a great character. <laughs> like that's I think that's perhaps the biggest bottom line here. But it proves why regardless of what the reason is outworld like for us fans why people give Damon more leeway for bad deeds than perhaps other characters? It proves why it works in World Two. Like if we're giving him credit, if we're giving him leeway, then it makes sense that he would get it from his family and from other people. I mean, he's a prince, so we all know that the more powerful your family, the more you can get away with stuff. That just kind of tracks wherever you are.
4: <laughs> and and the more likely you are to be sort of idolized and given benefit of the doubt yeah, in the first place. That's right? true. Like think about the British royal family or John F. Kennedy or someone. People we know Basically, do a lot of crappy stuff, but there's still sort of these heroes, icons, fashion leaders, or whatever else that people are interested in and want to know about. And, yeah, you know, get celebrity worship or whatever you want to say. The Damon, uh, the, the the average people, the average commoner, probably don't even necessarily know all the crappy stuff that he's done. Yeah, but he's handsome and he's rich and he's famous. Great fighter, and he which I love that. And yeah, he's going to fight and all this other stuff. Very important. You know, but maybe when we watch a show and he does something like, you know he like goes for the feet of the horse in a joust. And we're like, what? Yeah. That's unfair. That's crappy. But <laughs> everyone doesn't know he did that. And maybe even some people are like, yeah, whatever. It's nice just move. Or, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <so. laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. It's really good. And, and and this one also has is perhaps the most real world applicability. Cause like you said, Sean, like you, you named some real world examples. Like people. A good example is like you people having denial about like, a favorite political leader or a sports figure or a musician that they really like, like what kind of person they really are an actor, like maybe they're great at acting, but they've, you know, abused people in the real world. So like, you know, we can't, it's hard to separate these things sometimes. So, but that happens a lot in this show. So like, just some examples, Viserys and the succession, Rhaenyra and the succession, how people will just let her have it without fighting over it or Rhaenyra and her and how much people are, Really seeing her children. She thought it was kind of a secret or like a a well-handled secret. Actually, like everybody knows who your kids are. Or Allison and actually offering, like, yeah, they'll, they'll accept our offer to just. Have peace and you get Dragonstone and they'll accept that, yeah. <laughs> Otto's there's lots of examples of Otto's hypocrisy and denial. Like Otto just, oh yeah, he'll be a Magor and then turn around and like, what is? What do you think Aegon is going to be? <laughs> well, They're very much in denial of what kind of man Aegon is. I think. Uh, Damon just expecting, just like projecting that they killed, uh, they killed his brother. Like yeah, they murdered, uh, they murdered Viserys. They murdered him. Yeah, it was poison. You know, like no it wasn't uh, <laughs> uh damon and prophecy denies that they have any value at all it's mostly because it it hurt his feelings that he wasn't included perhaps or Allison did not being uh exasperated and confused as to how Rainier's children could even have dragons like wow well, can't believe they're even dragon riders you know things like that so there's a lot of examples of this i'm sure the the full list would be way longer these are just some that came to my mind when thinking of this which i think it's one of the one of the best most relevant themes of the season. So um, Sean, what do you think? What's your favorite example of denial? or something you just want to highlight the way this theme was used. Don't have to pick a specific one if you want, but feel free. What do you have to say about it?
4: I, I'm going to say it's, as, uh, I, I, I think it's the fault that several characters have this sort of denial. I, I, I've mentioned it a few times on the, through the season that, that they're kind of in this ivory tower. Mm-hmm. And they, they, even when they are sort of aware a decision they're making might not go over, they still aren't proactive about making sure it does go over. Mm-hmm. Like, Vissaris knows that this is kind of precedent-setting. There's a reason he didn't just name his daughter and tell his wife stop worrying about having kids in the first place, right? He knew he need, quote-unquote, needed a son. Uh, so when he eventually breaks and decides to name his daughter... And he's like, "Okay, there you go. Now pour me some wine, daughter." <laughs> like he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't like send letters out to the lords. He didn't visit the castles every year. He didn't send her out to visit the castles. He didn't listen to her advice on a council or really make her part of it. There's all sorts of proactive things he and Otto and Alicent and Renira herself all could have done to make this go over, but some combination of assuming it would. And or assuming it won't and not doing anything (laughs) one way or the other, you know, I guess due to their denial or laziness or arrogance or naivete or whatever it is. I I, I mean, I almost think that's like the defining element of the show and these characters is that particular sort of denial that I made the decision and it will stick that the, uh, the, 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 basically that Vassaris is making and Otto is almost the opposite. He made this decision and it won't stick. And Otto at least was taking some proactive action in that regard. But ostensibly, if he was really loyal to Vassaris, he should have been taking proactive action in the other direction. Yes, he should but have. He just assumed totally it could right. not work no matter what. And so he didn't try. And I think that's a sort of a denial and et cetera. Fair point. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, though, real quick, It would be quite a twist if the high tower was actually made out of ivory. If that ivory tower was, (laughs) heyo, Zach, what would you? We don't know that. We don't. I guess we can't say for sure that it's not made of ivory. I don't. It's uh, it's ivory. Yeah, maybe there's
3: some ivory (laughs) It's it's ivory. That's why it's so lovely. Come on, dude. It's either ivory. No, it's
1: ivory. I was gonna say. Never mind. It's ivory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's your pick here? Man, this is tough. It is. I say perhaps the hardest question for last the the, the widest open yet the most present (laughs) Hmm. man
3: I I would just say probably um, is is this too open-ended to say everyone's denial and how close they are to each other
2: (laughs) and (laughs) and how
3: obvious how easy everything is would be to be fixed like they're adding all these different uh riffs and uh like uh there's th- these like ultimatums where it's like well if this happens then i'll not talk to them for six years <laughs> these weird little things where it's like if you guys weren't in a family with each other then fine go ahead and do that but you're literally all kin to each other mm. i mean your dad is married to your best friend
1: so maybe you're saying they're denying all their kids or everyone They're denying their inherent reality of this whole situation,
3: you know, the truth of what it actually is. And it comes head to head whenever they go to the funeral. And I remember that's a, you know, in fire and blood and obviously it's the same story, but that's one of those things that uh, sort of pull people in. Like a lot of tragedies do where it's like against your own will, but at something like The Hunt in this season, it was too early for them to have a lot of issues. Yeah, it's so, true. Were, were life sort of young. provides the opportunities to fix your own dumb mistakes is basically what the show has been.
1: That's a great point, Zach, because you're right. Like to say that they neither side is throughout all their building of quibbling and fighting and building up to that. It's leading to civil war, and none of them seem to realize that's where it's headed. Yeah, that's that's a really good right. point, because it's like one of the most important things that, or maybe the well, most important. Did you thing. see
3: how fast Do you guys remember how fast to the dinner, Alicent and Renier were able to just tie it off? Yeah, they were like, wait a second. We can choose to be nice to each other for the sake of Viserys, who we both love, who's clearly dying, his eyes falling out of his head. Let's, <laughs> and our kids are here. Let's set an example. We've all seen our parents do this. Let's set an example for 15 minutes. And that's how easy it is, mm. and that's the that's the big lie that we could just be like that that quick.
1: Yeah, well said, well said, very well said, uh, Hannah. What do you think?
0: Um, I have two really quick ones. The first is. Luke going to Storm's End with literally nothing but himself and no protection, Sean's, nobody, Sean's no gifts, yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no gifts, no <laughs> <I'm> money. <so> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, we need to remind him of his <laughs> yes. promise. So That's back, all. Just his winning yeah. smile. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wild thing. So um, like, That's bad writing, <laughs> right? And then I want to, I want to also just say, uh, from a broader point, I think Rhaenyra and. Just her kids in general, and is like early actions in her younger days, as she completely like denies what her position is and what her position means, and she acts as if none of that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, her precariousness of her position or her responsibility, just she just pretends like it doesn't mm. apply to her. Yeah, as Chris and Cole. More. You bluntly. guys are also smart. <laughs> that's a really good question. That's a really more good bluntly, answer.
1: But, yeah, really good answer.
0: So that's what. That frustrated me to no end this season. So it's yeah. a less
3: obvious one because I just I just watch her and I'm like, what are you gonna do next? That's great. <laughs> and you're like, you're not being consistent, young lady.
5: <laughs>
2: no, I completely agree with you, Hannah, on both of those points. Those those might have been my either one of those might have been my answers. Um, and the especially because the the Luke. Plays into the Rayniras' denial over the succession thing, where it is like she has just sort of just gaslit herself and is trying to do it to her sons, (laughs) and like she's really committed. But like there is that moment where she like is talking to Luke, and she's like, "Oh, Lord Boros will be happy to welcome you. You, You've got Baratheon blood through your grandmother." I was like, "No, you don't. Like, (laughs) Like you really don't, and And he knows
1: that." Yeah,
2: that really bothered me because like I get that she's like I can't speak the truth anywhere. There's anyone can be listening. Whatever, but like that is really messed up to <laughs> gaslight your children into trying to believe something like that is psychologically so so messed up to do mm-hmm. yes, like i right. get why she's doing it ab- like, absolutely but like come on be real with your kids for one one time be
1: real with them one time right. one time
2: uh,
3: okay i'm listening i will tell strike other things i get <laughs> yeah, it don't this <laughs> Strike. It. It. I so personally right dog. now <laughs> 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 like, okay,
1: <laughs> I'll say Otto and his projecting of what kind of ruler certain people would be. Sean, you sort of touched on this. How he's just like, he's very convenient with who he thinks should be the heir, and it's very like based on who he thinks should be the heir, the laws are very malleable based on like what the situation is. It always seems to be his pick. Like, first, he's like, Oh, Damon would be as bad as Megor, and then it's like, Well, like, Aegon looks like he might be as bad as Magor. <laughs> or, or some different kind of Magor. Maybe like less violent, but more abusive towards women which could be just as bad he could have bastards which could be worse for the succession
2: although to be i feel like there's a certain element where Otto and allison or whatever people some people who are worried about Magor Megor, are because of his anti-faith stance ah yes that i would too. say that's a, a a maybe a difference fair a, point a key fair difference point. that I'm, they would see the high towers to specifically to-
4: I- I've wanted to say this a couple times. I'm not so sure that Otto or even Allison are really in denial about what kind of king Aegon might be. I think I th- I think it's at least possible that they know, but I think they're in denial about something else, which is their ability to control him. That's I fair. That's they, fair. Yeah, you might be right. there will be this that. this this bad seed or whatever, but we'll make sure that X Y Z gets done. And I think that's where they're in denial about what if he stands up to you in court? Yeah. What if he says, no, do do this. Or even if he goes behind your back, you know, if you make some public decree and he's not bold enough to challenge you there, but what if after that he goes and tells, all right, go kill that person. Is it, are they not going to follow the King when they mm. get that? You know, that I think they're in denial about their ability to control. That's, him. I don't, I, I, think, I think they you're know it'll right. be bad, but I think they think they can control him And that's what, I think they're going to be wrong about and what they're actually in denial about.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, you're right because they they there's plenty of evidence that they know what kind of person he is or like they they think they have him pegged like as a wastrel, yeah. uh, like because Allison's called him an an imbecile. Yeah. She's she just said, like no slapped son of him. Mine. Yeah. yeah, she said no son of mine. Auto kicked him when he was drunk on the they're, stairs that one time. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. They they they're not entirely fooled. But you're, I think you're, I Remember think you the, narrowed the, it down yeah. better there that way. Yeah,
4: the Eric Auto conversation too, and is like, look, man, he. Tells me to stay here and then leaves me. I can't. What to do? And Otto's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's I like, get yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to
1: do? I get. It. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of good examples of that. That's a that's a that's a, very well said. This this might have been my favorite set of answers of the whole one. I was hoping this would be a good one to talk about last, and I, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> well done, y'all. So I think that about does it. I think we have done a lot of great coverage today. I think this was fun to review a lot of our favorite moments of the season. It's not just about what was favorite because it, it, it touched on a lot of things that we wanted to talk about things. Maybe we didn't say earlier in the season and we got to tie a lot of things together, connecting things from episode one all the way to 10 rather than looking at them at one episode at a time. So that is very cool.
2: Yeah, it was very fitting to have Game of Owns on for the episode where we're just sharing all of our owns, it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, these yeah. of like the season, owns. baby. Sending <laughs> yep. your owns now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got a lot of owns this season, huh? It was it was probably fun to have this great quantity return to the to the fandom. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Every week, I was like, "Oh, there's the Game of Owns tweet with all these replies," and <laughs> I know. Was like, oh, nice.
0: <laughs> we took over everyone's Twitter thread <laughs> for a little while. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Can you it believe great. it's been how many years since it's happened? Because we've done it again. I know. 2019. Can you guys believe that we're on another set of years? Yeah. <laughs> we
0: survived a pandemic in the middle yes. of this season. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: true. <laughs> it happened. We got there, Sorry, hey,
3: you were at. Our, you were at my house when the pandemic happened. That's yeah, all
0: I, I know.
2: That. Wow,
1: that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was like at the end of everything. Uh-huh. Like your empty <laughs> Times Square you got yeah. to see. It was probably one yeah, of the yeah, strangest was there. It was, things. It was, it, was, it
2: was whatever, March 13th or whatever it was, 2020. I was visiting right. Zach and Literally Hannah, right and it when it happened. Yeah, it was weird uh very strange we recorded a podcast episode where we were like joking about the pandemic stuff and quarantine we stuff were. <laughs> we and were. little we were. did we know they're like cut to two years plus later we would still be dealing with it yeah. we thought it was uh, we did not know we had no <laughs>
1: jokes idea. on us
3: we were trying to choose between COVID is coming or a dream of quarantine yeah. we're like which one's better <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, not so
1: funny boy. now,
3: is it? No. Hey, yeah, it well, kind of still It is.
2: absolutely wasn't. <laughs> no.
3: Especially right after, it hap- like, right after it started, we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
1: Well, yes, thank you very much, Game of Owns. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Zach. And uh, thank you, Strike, wherever you are back yeah. there. He's somewhere back thank there. Thank you,
5: right?
1: Sean. <laughs> and thank you, He's Sean. He's back in New York. He's still at my house. Oh, oh he stayed yeah, in New York? Duh. Okay. Well, thank you anyway, Strike. Yep. He's li- He'll listen later. <laughs> He's got his headphones. Yeah. <laughs> He's got yeah, God he's using ones. my old AirPods. I got the new ones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> are you gonna be in DC tomorrow, still Zach, or are you just there today?
3: Uh, just in the morning. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I just I'm You're gonna be in DC tomorrow. That's where I'll be. Oh yeah That's totally where I'm flying in I'll be there at noon tomorrow If you stick around We could meet up and get lunch <laughs> Whoa I don't know Anyways we'll talk How about are you afterwards.
1: getting to New York? How cool Okay cool <laughs> 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 And little conversations like this Remind us of how great this community is And how the show unites us and, and helps bring us back together uh, I mean it's not like we don't hang out off season But it certainly gives us more to do Zach <laughs> has season. spent
2: weeks in our house Yes
1: <laughs> That's true uh, Yeah Yeah Without sunlight <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that basement basement sunless. That's the way to be. Yes, it's like a, the black cells, but the comfortable yeah, version. Yeah, we
2: keep Zach in the black cells, yeah. The Zach cells Yeah, I, you Zach know cells, for sure. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah them. Hey dude, guys, this uh this podcast, you guys had such good questions and I know that we just had a season uh, wrap-up conversation, but this was really fun just mm-hmm. to be a part of. Yeah. For I I'm speaking for for both of us, but for my sanity, uh both season to talk about it with, with you, I mean, we've been talking about the shows with literally you three and us two for years now, and I'm so glad that it was us, and I'm so glad, Sean, you were here too. Well, this was yeah. the first time That's I got well, to talk to you about time, the
2: season, Zach. I haven't talked. To I, you know, at all. I know, I know. Been busy for ten weeks. So I haven't spoken to you. <laughs> it's really,
3: really it's really been super busy. So I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out this way. I know we were going to come on like at the start of the season, but yeah. this is this is fitting too. Yeah, this, because we used to wrap up the seasons like around the same time, or at least two weeks after they ended. So this is about right.
1: So, yeah, folks, check out Game of Owns if you haven't already. I know we've had them on before. I've lost track of how many times y'all been on and how many times we've been on your show. <laughs> Plenty is the answer and th- more to come Google is Ones? the other answer.
2: Has Sean been on? I have. I have, okay. I'll just double check. Yeah. yeah. I just did oh, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: cool. All the connections have been made in different directions. Yes. And more will be coming. Of course, we have our spoiler review next Monday will be adjusting our schedule for the offseason keep keep uh, an eye on that we'll, our social media will be describing that we'll probably put up some things for a vote on patreon as far as what the schedule will be going forward feel free to drop us a review if you've enjoyed us all season let us know what you thought Um, let other people know that way it helps uh, spread the word a bit if you feel like signing up to be a subscriber you can do that on patreon you can do that through Spotify. You can go to our website. There's a lot of different ways to contribute that way. You can also find direct links to a lot of our other episodes, our back catalog, scripted or otherwise. And, of course, we'll keep the content coming, both House of the Dragon-related and book-oriented plenty more to come. This is just the end of a phase, not anything like an ending. <laughs> you know how it goes, folks. This is forever. This is a forever fandom <laughs> and the future is bright. Yeah, we are lucky, lucky, lucky. Mm-hmm. And Sean has on glowing horns.
2: And a great shirt.
1: And a great shirt with the pumpkin head and a...
2: Dwight, it's pumpkin. Oh, it's between. Dwight. It's, it's for pumpkin Halloween because it's Halloween. He's the only one that really, truly dressed. I wish I'd gotten you all to dress in a costume.
4: Oh, I forgot if I
0: was I Oh. I've been in a costume all day. Yeah, we took our costumes oh. off for
2: this. <laughs> Messed up of <Sad>. us. <laughs> I know. I wanted to see to dress up, but I didn't push him. I was like, wear a cloak or something.
1: <laughs> I could have worn my Night's Watch cloak, yeah. But I'm wearing an Aegon's crown. <laughs> I guess it would have been like Jon yeah, Snow. It would have been Jon Snowish, Like an Aegon's crown shirt with a what, Night's Watch cloak. That sounds like a Jon Snow thing to do. Yeah, everyone at the gas station is going to know that one, dude. <laughs> 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 right on. So, again, folks, if you came live to watch, we really appreciate that. If you're pretty in the chat. I hope you had fun. I hope you join us in the future for more chats. If you haven't joined for a live stream, why not check it out sometime? It's a lot of fun. You can meet a lot of people who are like minded and have a little fun um, chatting with those folks while you listen to us go on and off about our various takes here and there. Thank you to Michael Clarfeld for the maps and the regular video intro. Thank you to Brand the Builder, Brand Winslow, for our House of the Dragon video intro and music. He did them both like the real uh House of the Dragon intro for the show. He's going to be modifying his, so next season you'll see a changed version of it. I'm That'll pretty be cool. excited
2: because Brandon is going to be here in about 15 days, 2 weeks. He's going to be staying with us um, yeah. for part of the year. He normally lives in Puerto Rico, but um he kind of wants to He's he's from Georgia. So he kind of wants to live in the Atlanta area and we really hit it off when we met him at Ice and Fire Con and I've been enjoying working with him creatively, and I'm excited about the intro thing. So I'm pretty pumped. So yes, yeah. we will have Brandon as a roommate replacing <laughs> Sean, who used to live with us. Now he'll be in a different room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, how- the history of Westeros Castle has had some interesting stints of different people staying here it's not really mm-hmm. a castle either but i can call it that pretty big because i kind of to me, it, to it pretty is pretty yeah, cool. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a <laughs> castle it is pretty like, big we yeah, live in an apartment then, yeah. we don't That's have any battlements stories. or siege or, towers or or listen man dungeon. you have well, a
0: steep driveway, a yeah. Yeah. Steep
1: driveway. your, 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 have your, your have house a is made for battlements yeah literally You have to go downhill to attack the house, instead of up. Usually, you want to make it okay.
3: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's tough to get to. They can't take their wagons down it easily. (laughs) You you got a choke point built in.
1: Plus, we have (laughs) cat fodder to
4: arrows down there. We have cat defenders
1: too. Spikes. Oh yeah, spikes. Come on, (laughs) (laughs) oil slick
4: spikes. We'll talk about it
1: later. I have a good idea. Uh, Okay, folks, that's it for today. We will see you next week with learned hands for the spoiler-filled wrap and look ahead. There'll be a lot of looking ahead. There'll be at least as much, if not more, looking ahead than there was looking back, because we did a lot of looking back today. Yeah. There isn't as much spoiler looking back to do, but, but we so have a few spoilery things.
2: spoilery topics I'm dying to talk there about. There are a
1: lot, yes, and we've been collecting more just this week, like things that we didn't notice, people noticing things, and yeah, we're excited for that. We're very excited to, to tie in some book stuff, and you'll see, folks, next Monday. Uh, until then, you know what to do. Valar re-watches and Valar re-read us. Final <laughs> strong for life. <laughs> 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 oh,